Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? An amazing, wonderful, uh, hilarious, and insightful conversation with Josh Radner, who I'm sure many, many of you know from How I Met Your Mother. I know him as a uh, wonderful writer. Uh, from uh, He did Liberal Arts, which is the movie that I watched most of. And then after this podcast, I watched the remainder of it. Wonderful film, currently on Netflix. Also uh, the writer and director of Happy Thank You More, please. Am I saying that right? Happy Thank You More, please? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Valerie loves the movie Happy Thank You More, please. And uh, he's, he's just a great guy, just one of those people that I was so happy to meet. So, so uh, funny, insightful, and wonderful. So let's get to it as quickly as possible. The uh, sponsor is uh, Squarespace. Thank you again, Squarespace, for always sponsoring the show. You guys know this. They are the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. They feature an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. So try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code WEIRD to get 10% off. We all know that building a website can be tough, and even if you know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair whether it's a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. They provide simple, powerful, and beautiful website templates for you to work with. Not only that, but templates are part of Squarespace's responsive design, which means you get websites that look great on any device. They scale to look good on iPhones, iPads, Droids, whatever you got, as well as desktop or laptop computer machines. Every website uh, comes with a free online storage in case you need it. And if you need something minimalistic but powerful, their cover page feature also allows you to set up a beautiful one-page online presence in minutes. You can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. They give you 24-7 customer support and a beautiful website for only 8 bucks a month. You even get a free domain name if you buy Squarespace for the year. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. And when you decide to sign up for uh, Squarespace, make sure you use offer code WEIRD to get 10% off and show your support of this show. We thank you, Squarespace, for your support of You Made It Weird. Squarespace, build it beautiful. All right, everybody, enjoy Josh Radner. If you enjoy it half as much as I did, you are going to shit. You're going to shit. You're going to shit. Get into it. See Josh Radner to get in here. This is the guest seat. Fantastic. Nice to see you. Good to see you. You know, I was watching your movie. It's great. It got interrupted by a, like an emergency. Uh, everything's okay. Which but, movie? Uh, I'm sorry. You, you just said I, my latest movie. Oh, so you have other movies? I, I directed two. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, uh, wow, what an accomplishment. Thanks. I have a lot of questions about that. Okay. Here's one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Liberal Arts mm-hmm. is the name of the movie. I directed that. How was that not taken as a title? What fun. You know what I, I mean? know. I know. I wrote it. Uh, it was before I did a reading and I didn't have a title. Yeah. And I just wrote down Liberal Arts and I thought, oh, that's elegant that's a good and one. simple. It's good. And no one had taken it. Unbelievable. It reminds me of a young adult. 
Remember Young yeah, and yeah, Dope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why also, hadn't anyone taken that? How had that been taken? <laughs> I know. And what a perfect... Now that I think about that, I never even considered that that title has the two meanings. Like, uh, yeah. she wrote Young Adult, but she was a Young Adult. Exactly. God, I'm so You dumb. got that movie, I'm man. so dumb. <laughs> I didn't get to get your movie because there was an emergency, and uh, like I said, somebody just had to go to the, the doctor, oh, and, and I... And you chose, you chose that over <laughs> my movie, knowing that I was coming in. <laughs> okay. Well, I get it. <laughs> you know, it's so Curb Your Enthusiasm... But when something that clean comes in, you know what I mean? Like, a, oh, my God, this is like a clean – it's real. First of all, it's real. So it's yeah. not like you're calling into work and saying, like, I'm throwing up. I can't stop shitting. You, when a real thing comes up, along, and this is what makes it kind of a Larry David thought, first and foremost, you're concerned for your friend. Everybody's fine. Right. Secondly, you're kind of like, well, everyone's going to understand. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, Larry kind of has right. that thing about, like um, – or it was on Girls, too, where she's kind of like, I wish I had cancer just for everyone would love me. Right, right, right. You don't have to stuff. craft all the excuses. It's built in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wore a corrective boot for a time, and I enjoyed I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> have you had any major injuries? Well, I, well, I'll talk about the... Hold, hold on injuries. Yeah, yeah. And tell me about the shot in Young Adult, <laughs> not your movie, uh, in liberal arts, where you're walking, you have your laundry. yeah. And, uh, so you saw the first 10 minutes. I saw about 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. I know the conceit. Right, right. I know what It gets happened. better. It only... Did, I, it does. It really Do you does. not like the beginning? No. Well, I in both my movies, I like the third act maybe the best. And that's funny. Everybody says that's the hard one. I know. I, I always have a hard time with the setup, like pulling the, the bow back. Yeah. I, I, once I get it, but it I like... It didn't feel... Again, I only saw 20 minutes. I really wanted to see the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I will. And you're watching, and we'll do another one. I'm, there you go. <laughs> or just come over to my house, and we'll do a You Made a Movie's watching that movie, yeah, which yeah. will be Hey, great. my uh, people had a big night from that movie last night. Allison Janney and Richard Jenkins both won Emmys last night. Is that right? Which I thought was amazing. And... Tony Hale, who was in my first movie, won. I, yeah. And Zoe Kazan and Pablo Schreiber, who were in my first one, both were nominated. What was so your first one? It was called Happy Thank You More, Please. I didn't see Happy yeah. Thank You More, Please. Yeah. You're a real... You're one of those Zach Braff TV guys. I don't know if that's correct, but no, I, I but may, I, 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 yeah. You're okay, so I, I'm aware that you do, you did this show that Katie loved. By the way, Katie's a huge fan. I haven't seen it. Not that I avoided it. Yeah, I just didn't see it. Yeah, but uh, but then you you go off and you're doing all these things. Yeah, that was partly uh, the result of feeling a little restless on said wonderful show. Yeah, you know, it's over though, can't you? Sh- it's you over. Could shit yeah. on it now. No, just the lifestyle. I, there's not much to. <laughs> I don't talk mean about I, it. You know, it just feels like I don't know. It, you know, series television is kind of like they ask you to play a lot of the same notes over and over. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so then there's a feeling of like, wait, I got all these other notes. Yeah, and you don't play them, and and in fact, you forget you can play them. Of course. You know, I've been doing. I I did a show on Broadway last year, or for the, you know, seven months last year. I did this. I just did this uh, Civil oh. War show that's going to be on PBS, and I and I felt like, oh, these are other keys. Like yeah. this is fantastic fun, and I was reminded how much I liked acting. I forgot. Well, that's great actually. because you didn't you didn't just go like, well, I did that. Now I can just fuck no. Off and, and in relax. fact, I'm like it, it. It provided like a new challenge to me to 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 like find out what else I can do. And you know, you have opportunities. You have some on some level. You have more opportunities available, and also limits you you know because you have to then your new problem is you have to bust out of the thing everyone thinks of you as of course you know that's crazy because uh i just it just got announced that i'm doing a pilot and we're doing the i ca- saw that the yeah. casting yeah and it's crazy 
how all the feelings come in. You go, like, if I saw Josh Radner, I'd be like, well, well, actually, I wouldn't because I'd be like, I didn't see the show. So actually, people like me, good. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I love talking to people who haven't seen the show. I'm like, well, you think my name is Josh. That's fantastic. Yeah, what is your name on the show? (laughs) It's so weird because here's the the name is Ted Ted Mosby. Ted okay. Mosby. Ted Mosby, which is a strong name, a but strong... maybe not the name you want. Hey, Mosby. Mosby. I'm sorry. And that the, means the, the, see that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I just know. wanted to yell Mosby, but yeah. that means a lot but, to you. But uh, like my friends who've never seen the show, yeah. like they'll be like, "You don't seem like a Ted." And then I have other people writing me on Twitter, be like, "You should legally change your name. <laughs> to Ted. You don't seem like a Josh at all." Well, it hurts you their know? feelings because you being Josh constantly reminds yeah. them that it was a fantasy. Oh my god! And it's amazing to me that in this day and age, when there's so much like behind the scenes footage and everyone knows everything about how right, the sausage right, right, is made, right. people still yeah. think you're the thing doing the thing, and they'll get mad at people, and they'll get mad at you if you bust that illusion. It's really yeah. weird, and they'll also get mad at you if you did things they didn't like on the show. I just did a nine hundred two one zero podcast yeah. where Ray Pruitt pushed Tori Spelling down some stairs, which I don't even remember. Right, that was a big nine hundred two one zero guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had to write him off the show because, because no one forgave him. Outrage, yeah, yeah, fan outrage, and they were like, "I think he needs to get." So hit you, by are a you parti- you're participating in all the like casting? You're in all those sessions. You know, it's it's just it's it's baby new. It's okay. baby baby okay. new. So like, I know that it's about to start. Yeah. So really. I'm kind of getting ahead of the. I don't know what the process is really like, but I've seen emails where I'm being like, uh, "This is the breakdown. What do you think? Uh, this explanation for who this person is." And I'm right. like, "Yeah, that's good. Maybe throw in the word quirky or whatever." Right. But it's you know, having been on the other side of that so many times, it, it is. It's pretty exciting. I, I'll tell you, I prefer being on the other side of the table, who <laughs> gets to make the decision. About, Are you, know. you good in that way? Because I keep having these fantasies. When I had stand-ups on my talk show, I would really bend over backwards to tell the audience to give them a break and have a good time. And then I'm looking forward to Future Pete. I'm planning on Future Pete very, being as accommodating as possible. Well, yeah, I think it's really... With the audition. I think it's really good to have someone auditioning people who's been through that process. I mean, yeah. I've been on thousands of auditions, and I know how harrowing it is. And yeah. and, and if they come in and give a great audition, they, they've spent a couple days working on that. Thing. Yeah. You know, I want them to feel good. Um, I get a little, you know, when I have comedians come in, sometimes people are like, they th- they're going to improvise and do uh-huh. their, and I, I'm really, I write very specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes someone will come along and kind of, you know, just throw in a line at the end that one yeah. girl came in and I, I used a line she I stole. I didn't yeah. cast her and yeah, use the line. Yeah. I actually told her about this. I heard that happen yeah. a lot. But, uh, she, you know, I, sometimes it's like. I don't know that what you did was as funny as, or not even as funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny, you right, know. Right, like, right, right. Like, so it's hard, but I I enjoy the process of casting, and I think my movies, if I could say anything about them, I think they're all really well cast. As you, you know, yeah. they, they all won Emmy awards last night. Every, everybody, <laughs> every, in the every cast. single yeah, one, yeah, yeah, every person. Uh, that's interesting. I'm worried about like when I go into an audition. There's often like I'm often confused in life. And then like and then like a, a scene from a show, and I'm a bad I'm bad all around. Meaning yeah. I, I don't read the script, the whole script. Yeah, because I because like you said, thousands. There's so many. Yeah, I, you seem like an actor, like craft, like you're whittling <laughs> acting parts in your shop, and you take it serious. Yeah, sounds is that about right? Yeah, in my finest moments. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you've had ones where you've had to phone it in a little bit more. Yeah, and. You know, it's hard. It's one of the things also about doing a long running show is the longer you're doing it, the less scared you are. 
Yeah. And that's actually dangerous creative, creatively. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you're not nervous. Once it gets easier, yeah. um, you're, you show up. I mean, our schedule by the end was so ridiculously lax <laughs> at the point where we were like the most successful. So, you know. Writers going home at like 5 p.m. You just got to scare yourself. Like you've got to continually scare yourself. Yeah. You know? No, I, I imagine that does get very, very comfortable. When you said the notes thing, I'm like. You must get it in your blood where you're just like, I'm going to, again, I haven't seen the show, but uh, Ted, uh, you, you're going to hit that Ted thing. Oh, I actually said to someone, I was like, and somebody's gonna, I, said, I, said gonna to, I said to Kobe one time, I was like, I think I've run through all the faces, the, the faces I can make responding to something crazy that Neil's character said. Uh, like, I have to start over. Like, I have to go back to the deck. Uh, you know, like, there's, I only had 215 of they're them. They're like outfits. Yeah, and I got to go back. I got to recycle them. You Did know? you ever worry that people would put together some sort of super... I, I don't mean to plant this idea into the collective <laughs> you, unconscious. Please don't do this, but, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but that must, you know, I worry about wearing the same thing. Yeah. This is such a, a, a nice problem, I suppose. But on Conan, like, people put together they're like, he's always wearing the same <laughs> Right, right. Don't you wish – I was actually thinking – I wish he told my friend. I was like, I'm always trying to look exactly the same yeah. but with different clothes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's not oh, about how funny. I look. It's about how I feel in them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, these like make my legs look skinny. It's literally like, do I feel good in them? Because if I feel bad and yeah. stuff, I'm like, oh, the whole, the whole day is weird. That's funny because I, when I do do a talk show or something – do you do? <laughs> I will often wear something that isn't very comfortable. Right, of course, because you've got to – got to sell tickets with my, yeah. with my uh, bulge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, going back to auditions, because I think that is valuable. Yeah. It, uh, you be, having been on both sides, the idea of like, there are moments in scripts where, okay, so you write your own stuff as well. I noticed you wrote the film, uh, both films. Yeah. And then like, so you do know kind of how it goes. I put a lot of like readers in my script, like that'll be like, tentatively. Right. right you know right, what I mean? Right, because right, I'm just right. like, let me hold your hand through this. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I wish they would more. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I'm going in and I'm like, what am I, what do I mean by this? Yeah. And it is kind of, it does just kind of happen. You wrote the script, they pick a scene, and then and then strangers are reading Have it. We, start, we started the podcast. We've started, right? yeah, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were just chatting. I thought you were it. a fan of the podcast. <laughs> um, I am a fan of this podcast. Well, then I you told should you know, that. Josh. I know, I know. This is a podcaster <laughs> trick where you walk in and they just do all the chit-chat, like, right. I hope yeah. it doesn't feel like it. No, 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 no. We could good. edit out everything. No, I liked all that, that all the free stuff. <laughs> do you know what? Can I tell you why I like this podcast? Sure. And I, I really I'm genuinely kidding. listen to it. Um, because you can have someone, I, I wrote you about Richard Rohr because I loved that yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. I love that you, you'll have Richard Rohr on and you guys will talk about the most cosmic, yeah. you know, questions about divinity and all this stuff. And yeah. you'll really go there. and yeah. have it, But keep it kind of lighthearted and I love it. And then you'll have like Grace Helbig on and you'll just for an hour talk about frozen vodka. <laughs> like only. And I was like, I can't, I can't believe there's. And it was interesting, but I was like, I can't believe they're still talking about frozen vodka. That is so crazy that you say that because just last night, I was at uh, some fancy Emmy party, yeah. and I got a vodka drink, and I was like, why don't they freeze? Like, <laughs> <laughs> As if it was a new thought. <laughs> no, I, but I was trying to remember, who did I say that yeah. to? I remember, I remember having a yeah. long And I just listened combo. to Keegan's, a friend of mine who was oh, just Oh, he's on great. Key My Key. Key My Key. And uh, that was an insane... He, he's... He's the ideal improviser, isn't he? He's the best. He says yes and to everything. But even if you get into All a serious conversation with him, he's still saying yes and. Like he's I know. So I think he's. Just I think so you terrific. could even offend him, and he'd say yes, and, and he'd still he'd roll with it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something going on in a great improviser where they're like 
They're seeing all angles. So even if I if I it's call almost like you, a great athlete that can see the whole uh, field. Yeah, like like I got, I got all my options. Ahead That's of me. right. And yeah. and one of them is being offended. And one of them is just assuming that I didn't mean to. Like, what if I said something about Ted that was uncaring? Just your character. <laughs> yeah. But you know that I don't know the show. But I say, oh, Ted, well, that was a stupid haircut. Never, you know, I've never seen that. Even that, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're... But Key my Key, you'll see him. Just in, a, in like a flutter of his unblinking eye, like the eyeballs themselves yeah, are fluttering. Yeah. He's considering what he could do, and he always leaned towards. Both those guys are like they're like great comic athletes. I mean, it's like yeah. watching. I, I mean, I'm I, I'm a I'm a Key and Peele fan. You know, yeah. I think whatever they're doing, it has it's like extra special, like yeah. just like an extra little sprinkling of magic dust on it. Well, I, I can't figure it out agree. almost. And it is athletic. I think there's a reason we went into like comedy sports because like <laughs> right. improv really is kind of like it appeals to that part of your uh, lizard brain where you're kind of like, oh, I, I survivor die, that. yeah, survivor yeah. die, and yeah. they're they're thriving, yeah. You know what I mean? So you get really excited. Yeah. Speaking of Key and Peele, they did that thing that you're doing, which is they they were on Fargo, which I loved. Yeah. And it was, did you watch Fargo? I didn't. I hear it's amazing. It's though. really great. Yeah. And there they are together right. as two cops, like they're partners. And you're and I even, you know, I guess I could say I'm not really invested in their lives, but I am as friends. Yeah. And I'm like, look, they did it. They're playing funny, but in a serious, right. you know, pretty serious show. Right. And that kind of goes back to you. You're hitting your notes and stuff, and you're shuffling through your deck of potential faces you could make at old Neil Patrick uh, Harris. And 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 now, now you're trying to do a Civil War thing and all this stuff. Try, well, I did it. You're trying and, and, <laughs> trying we'll, and we'll failing. We'll see if you did it. No, we'll no, we'll see. Well, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I meant. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you write the Civil War? No, 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 no. This is, uh, it's for PBS. It'll be on after Downton Abbey in January. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's called Mercy Street. It was, I mean, that's a good lead in. It's yeah, either yeah, that yeah, or... yeah. It's a good. <laughs> what? I mean, it's like, it's a set at a hospital in the Civil War. It's like ER in the Civil War, basically. Uh-huh. But it's, it's really, I had, I had as much fun acting in this thing as I've had Ye-R? in anything. Ye are. Ye old are. Ye are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm only trying to think of what you could call it. Yeah. And what is it called? Mercy Street. Mercy Street. Oh, yeah. Mercy Street on PBS. I saw yeah. that on your Wikipedia. Yeah. But that's that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, what, what what we were talking about auditioning. We're talking about the show. I'm interested. You know, the most thing, most interesting thing is to me is you and your internal life. Yeah. You're an actor. Yeah. And then you got a, a, the thing. Right. I when I was thinking about on the ride over what I wanted this interview to kind of be like. I remember hearing the "Can you hear me now?" guy. Uh, my friend Matt was telling me that, like, the remember those Verizon commercials? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The can you hear yeah. me now guy? He, you know, he probably made, I don't know how much he made. He made a lot of money. Yeah. But he was like, I ruined my career. And I was actually thinking, I was like, it's been long enough. He can he can start to come back. Right, and right. I, I hope his agent was like, just wait it out. Yeah, by the pool. Yeah, yeah, by the pool. <laughs> yeah. As Ray Romano says, go cry on a bag of cash. Right. But what what was it like for you? Going from, I'm assuming you studied acting in college, and and, and, yeah. and then up until the getting the thing. I think, as you know, listening to this podcast, I'm very interested in people getting the thing, yeah, and realizing that they still have, uh, they're still lacking in different. Not in that oh, sad yeah, sack yeah, way, yeah. But there you are, and you have your. You know, ivory it's phone. such a it's such a good thing to get the thing quick, yeah. So you can puncture the illusion that it'll save you yeah yeah, like you gotta get it quick so you can be like oh and in fact for me i wasn't saved by it on any level i was more depressed after 
like like two years in when it was like successful. Yeah, I I had to do a real like appraisal of like what was going on, what what well, you my were values after were. After you got it, yeah, I, I can see that. Man. I it's was a big po- machine. I was poor, and and my health insurance was about to run out, and I remember feeling really happy. Mm. And then I got the pilot, and I was like just in time, you mm-hmm. know. And then it was the one that went. I think it was my fourth or fifth pilot that I did. And, oh wow! And um. Every and, year, sequential? And, Did he have a year I, off? I had a year off, but I got, you know, I would get a pilot every year. Like, quick. I was like, I got to the point where I was good at getting pilots. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole thing. That's like I when you're know. good at, like, booking them. It's like commercials and then yeah, pilots. exactly. And then you got to kind of get the one that tips. So I got the one, and it was kind of, you know, I've never been all that acquisitive or, you know, materialistic. And, and I just fo- found myself in a world that suddenly said, like, now you can have all the toys. Yeah, or yeah, now yeah. you can have all the girls or all do the... you want a drone? Yeah, like, whatever. With a girl on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you want? We'll get it for you. And I, I was like, oh, that doesn't make me happy. Like, none of that makes me happy. Not yeah. that, I mean, look, I mean, there's a couple things that are like, it's, you know, I, I always said about series television, it's like, it's prison, but it's like the most luxurious prison like yeah. it's the most gorgeous like ugly appointed pr- right. you can't leave right right, right but right, you're gonna right, be right. you're gonna take care of you what kind you know? of contract are you dealing with it's a, like seven year initially and then you renegotiate and they Jesus. add another and year. how long was it on it was on nine years can i tell you a tweet i had having never seen the show yeah. it was just about how long it had been on i had noticed I, I was like i keep hearing about the show people obviously love it yeah and i was like i tweeted hey how i met your mother meet my mother already because <laughs> it was just taking so long right. even even people didn't watch it were furious <laughs> is that true well, yeah. no. like, <laughs> Were Come other on. people furious? That well, people so were like, like, you know, the whole thing was it wasn't really about meeting the mother. I'm like, so it was, stupid. It, no, it was. I just got young adult. That was the whole. <laughs> that was the whole thing. It was hung on. But yeah. you know, people were like, "Why is it taking so long?" And other people were like, "Don't ever leave us." Like, right, right, right. You, you know, th- that, that's the thing. You, you know, you start realizing like, oh, everyone's going to be dissatisfied all the yeah. time. You were know? people like? I remember there were rumblings about the finale. Yeah, there was some outrage over that. I, but, I don't want to ask you questions you've been asked. Before. No, I don't even want to talk about that anymore because yeah. I feel like people just get angry all over again so they're angry there were angry people there were also like (laughs) people like really defended it and loved it I think it was cool that it was a conversation I think it really spoke to it spoke to the fact that people loved it yeah did the screen just go black yeah almost (laughs) Ah, really no I mean it was yeah it was a controversial thing but uh, do people get mad at you uh, still if they see you but they they act like like I'm the writer yeah, like, that's the thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, they yeah. like get mad at me for my movies. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wrote them, right? You know, right. Um, but I love the guys who who made the show. But but anyway, like you know, second season, I found myself like really depressed because everything I thought was going to happen, like I'd have some sense of like inner peace or like right. sustained joy right. because I was and and you you know it gives you a lot more anxiety about like wait how do I sustain this? It brings up a feeling of I'm a fraud. They're going to find out I'm a fraud. Yeah. Um, I'm not good. I'm not. I used to think I was good. I'm not good anymore. Like right. whatever. Your You're mind losing is some sort of magic. Yeah. And the other thing was, and I talk about this a little bit in liberal arts. I don't think you got up to that point, but um, I wish I had. Sorry, it, hospital. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe hospital. you chose that guy over me. Um, <laughs> But they, you know, you you have. I'm gonna watch it too. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll you'll do a special you. addendum on your podcast. I just want Josh Ryder to know I watched it and it was delightful. And he was right; the third act killed, killed it. Um, We're gonna talk more about how that how you pull that off. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. So, so you know when you're. When you're a, when actor and no one knows you really, but you the casting directors know you and you're booking a pilot every year, it feels like 
any – this could go any way, mm-hmm. right? I could, I could be an abject failure. I could – and I had a girlfriend who was the reason I came to L.A. And she said, um, the thing I love about Los Angeles is you can wake up on a Monday, have nothing going on, and by Friday you have a life-changing opportunity. Yeah. Like it feels like things kind of move fast out here but in some way. That's absolutely like, They can and they can – nothing can happen for – That's why I think we have a big phone problem because you're at brunch with three people who – any of them could get the email. <laughs> right. You never know when right. the email. I know. I know. It's, so it's a wonder checking. we don't look at our phones more. I, I want to check it right now. I there could be something right great. Should, no, no, let's not do it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not going to do it. But, um, you know, there's this kind of narrow, and I think this happens in life, not just show business. There's this kind of narrowing effect that starts to happen. Like, like all options available to me. And then a thing happens and you, you feel some crystallization happen, right? Like something happens where you're like, oh, this is how it's going down. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's the go- unknown it's, is gone. Yes. I, and I am now the person who did this show for nine years. Yep. Like, I can't be like a fresh faced newcomer. It's always going to be. Either, oh, we've seen that before, or, oh, this is something new. Yeah. But people know, I mean, not ever, I don't want to overstate how well known I am, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, people, yeah. I have this thing that's yeah. like a thing that's always going to be in my bio. And, right. And always going to be in certain people's consciousness. You It'll know? be the stick you're measured by. Yeah. If you make your, let's say, uh, your PBS thing huge, they'll still say, Josh Radner, parentheses, italics, how I met your Yeah, mother. exactly. It's the kind of thing, like, a, like Cranston a... talked about, like, this is my, uh, you know, gravestone show. Right. Or yeah. whatever, you know. I mean, I'd like to See, have but, some more stuff, but... I, no, no, I hear that. Yeah. And let's, yeah, I, I, I he's older, way older than you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how way He older. was on our show. He's a terrific guy. I believe that. Him. Yeah, I fantastic. I believe it. Good facial hair. <laughs> really good. That's the measure of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't care about what series you've done no, for no, how long. No, no. Just show me your Wait, did you see my Mercy Street facial hair? I am <laughs> so, I can't speak to the performance, but it is <laughs> Talmudic. Talmudic. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I love that feeling when you, I feel like a jukebox and someone puts a quarter in me that says Talmudic on it. And you, like you got to go. Me and I, no, no, no. I don't have to go. I go, now I have Talmudic. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? like, you're Christian college, yeah. but you can still drop that. I know Tal, I know the Talmud. Yeah. <laughs> or Talmud is what I would normally say, but then Talmudic. Anyway, so does that limit you? The beard? A beard. You know, Chelsea, uh, the wonderful Chelsea Brady has a bit about how it's like pulling a blanket up to your nose. Like oh. It's like, you know, I just want to stay in. But as an actor, you are seeing, like Zach Galifianak, yeah, gets laughs with a great deadpan, and the beard even contributes to that. Right, the way that cops grow mustaches so you can't see if they're smirking or not. Right, you know right. I mean? like you can't really see their lips as well. Right. Did you feel like your performance? It was easier to be more stoic or serious. Well, I don't. I, you know, is that a dumb I, question? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing because like my face was so prominently uh, attached to this How I Met Your Mother thing. So yeah. I feel like even just a beard, I have a beard in both my movies. And I, and I hate yeah. shaving, which yeah. is just a practical thing. But, uh, you know, having having a little bit of variety in my face, I know that sounds yeah. weird. It felt good. But I, I prefer having a beard. And I also think, like, my face looks a little younger than I am and feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I have a beard, it's like the little gray comes through and I just, I guess I feel a little more like yeah, I have a right to be saying some stuff. Distinguished. Yeah, yeah. but... Yeah. Listen to that guy. Yeah, he's he's earned his he's white got, stripes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. White stripes and you're good. Yeah. All right, so uh, I keep derailing you and you are second season and what you're talking about is uh, is mystery being removed from the equation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very interested in, in, like, the idea of what is it that we really want. Yeah. And uh, Rob Bell, who we emailed about a little bit, he, he when we were on tour together, would talk about this word, um, ikigai, which is a Japanese word, which means a reason to get up in the morning. Oh, wow. I love that. 
And uh, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. And it really is kind of like sometimes when I'm waiting to see if this pilot was going to get picked up and then working on this other thing or whatever, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait till these things happen. And then I'm like, no, soaking that sweet a key guy right now. Yeah. Because I would have a reason to get up. It was to bang this out and to work on yeah. this and to work on this. But then you're this actor and you're playing all, all these different ways it could go. Yeah. Millions of different ways. How exciting. Yeah. That's the movie you want to see. Like if we were doing the Josh Radner movie. Yeah. It probably includes the the best part or most interesting part. Well, yeah, it's like, kind of you know, do? like when I when I talk to when I give friends advice or whatever, you know, and and they say like, oh, I just don't know what's going on right now. I'm really lost or I'm really depressed or you know, this yeah. kind of dark night of the soul or whatever. It's archetypal, right? It's the it's the dark wood of the Joseph Campbell. You know Joey what I mean? Like, <laughs> like no one wants to watch a movie where someone like leaves home. Achieve success, right. friction we free, those. and then they are successful and why happy. Why like, do we hate vines? Why do I hate vine stars so much? <laughs> I shouldn't say hate, and they do work at it, and I'll, I love a lot of them. Yeah, but there are some of them that I'm like, ah, you're so beautiful, and you just, right. I know you're making millions of dollars. I actually, I, mean? I like, actually, I actually was set up on a kind of friend date with this vine star Jerome Jar. I know, you know Jerome. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. great. Uh, we did a Snapchat crazy thing, which I was, was hilarious. It was well, I don't know. I he, think it's Jar. He seems like a fun time. He's a delight, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And he actually, he's really a kind of visionary. Mm. Like, he was telling me stuff that I was like, whoa, dude, I'm not thinking about this stuff. Really? Like, like a new kind of, like, internet currency. Of, like, he's, he's just thinking big. Yeah. He's got really big picture thinking. He also, I was really impressed with him. There is no downtime or no lag time between idea and execution for him. Mm. He's like, I have an idea. You will show up Sunday. We will do it. You know? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a Friday, you know, and we just like, and I we had to go around on the subway. See, I like this. We had to go on I, I the subway. He's trying to um, get his followers to be more courageous. So he's got these like six steps, and this was like the second or third. And he didn't tell me what we were doing until we did it. And I showed up, and he on camera, he got me. He said, "You want to hear what we are doing?" I have a terrible French accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to hear what we're doing? I said, "Yeah." He goes, "We will be going down to the subway and singing to Taylor Swift's blank spaces at the top of our lungs." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we had to go into the subway, and he filmed me. And I filmed him, and we just had to wail uh. in crowded cars, you know. But the funny thing about New Yorkers, like, no one really cared. No one cared. <laughs> no one cared. No yeah. one paid that much attention. Yeah, yeah. And once you just got over it, it was kind of like this lesson in being courageous. Because I really, I'm not one of those actors that's like, look at me, everybody. Right, right, right. I, I'm like, no, if I if I work at something and I and I feel good about it, but I like I have to like giving a wedding toast. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to. Right, right, know, right. I don't, I'm not into that. For a lot of performers I know will take attention when it's uh, offered. You know right, what I mean? Right. But they won't necessarily always seek it out. Right. Meaning, right. show, show night, tape night, you're coming out and you deliver. You're a big exhibitionist. It's weird. You know what I mean? We actually didn't tape in front of an audience. Is that true? We did three, three block and shoot days. Never had an audience once. That's what fun. That's I know. No it wonder fantastic. your schedule was so lax. No, it was, it was so, well, it was still hard. You know, we just I understand days, that, yeah. but it, you know, you didn't have to like keep an audience. No. Fed we didn't have to pizza. eat sugar. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't do any of that. Got the M&Ms. They're, they're crashing. <laughs> they're fading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I forget what we're saying, but we're talking about a key guy, and I'm talking about the Vine Stars, and I'm talking about how there are ones. Like, I actually, I've watched uh, Jerome's videos and stuff where he talks about his kind of coming up, and yeah. he seems like a story we like. Because those are the guys that have the part of their story where they go, I did not know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I end up in New York and I make six-second videos. You yeah. know what I mean? We like that. I, I The guys that I find myself maybe hating on or maybe being even jealous of, I'll admit that, is you're just kind of like, I feel like this might have been handed to you a little bit more. Right. But I also, I, you know, I've had to really... My dad said something to me. It was like this one kind of bit. Not, he had good advice all the time. But he had this one bit of advice where he said, 
character doesn't count in the short term it counts in the long term mm. and i always think about like and i'm not saying these guys don't have good character i mean like we can you, take the vine people out of it let's just yeah. say superficial people what we were really talking about not even superficial people that just fall into it right people whose story goes i was beautiful in high school and then i continued being beautiful in show business right. we don't like those stories as much Right. I mean, simply because they're not interesting. Hey, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. God um, love them. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. I would do the same. Right. But the better story, like you were saying, are the guy that has the dark night of the soul. This is the character your dad's talking about. The, yeah. The because that, I don't know what it is about that kind of map that feels more... Well, you, you're different at the end than you were at the beginning. There's transformation. I think it's right. like we want to transform. We want to change. Like, I'm always interested in stories where people, like, grow up. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm interested in evil. Like, right. what's evil look like? <laughs> Just unbridled evil. It's like, no, I don't want to see that. Like, I want to see someone turn good or I want someone to save the day. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's like yeah, maybe, yeah. like, loving... Uh, you know, heroes when I was a kid or mythology or right, something right, where it was right. like virtue was like real. Right. You know, and, 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 and that was how you triumphed was by being virtuous. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That actually reminds me of, did you see the Zebraf movie? Uh, wish you... No. Wish I was here? I didn't see it, no. Well, if you do, you probably know him. I've met him once. Would you text him, it should be wish I were here? <laughs> I think that was part of it. Is that like, part of I it? I think it's part of it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only teasing. Yeah. See, Braff, you're great. <laughs> I actually really love that movie, and that's kind of the beginning of it, where he talks uh, about heroes and, and saving the day and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that there's a reason we are interested in it. I think that's the, you know, for better or worse, it's kind of the comic book phenomenon movie. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, where it's like, uh, and it's, it's actually a reason I love Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. It's like his bad guys are so bad mm-hmm. that when they die, you're like, woohoo, yeah, like yeah, the bad yeah. guy died. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I think that life is grayer and more complicated and more head scratching than all that, sure. there is something that we yearn for. Yeah, I think that's in politics. Where if someone can give you like a clear storyline, like these guys are bad and we're going to kill them. And right. it's like, woo. Right. But it's like the Simpsons mob. You right. know, it's it just is. like, hey, this guy's it. right. Yeah, this yeah. guy's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's that, well, that's, I don't know anything about politics. I'm not even really following right now. But I do know that Trump is, like, way ahead, or he was. I don't know. Yeah. I know at one point he had a 27 under him while everyone else had, like, threes and nines. And yeah. Stuff. So I was like, yeah, because I know, I'm an idiot. I'm saying this about me. I am an idiot, and I know what he's about. He's about, like, I shoot it straight, and I don't give a shit, and you're, yeah. you're stupid, and you're stupid, and you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. And people it's are like— clear. It's clear. If nothing else, it's It's clear. very, very clear. It's, yeah. it, it's spaghetti politics. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're kind of like, these other people are saying big words, and it hurts my brain. I know, I know. Uh, go on. You were saying, I believe. Were you? Was I saying something? You, well, we're talking about uh, the more complex— Going into the woods, the Joey Cam thing. Yeah. You were talking about the advice you give your friends who are like, "Oh yeah, I'm, just just like no one wants to." We we actually I can don't see we want have similar brains. By the way, I'm just gonna have to like take notes or something because <laughs> topics are gonna go right, right, right. <laughs> we but don't I, want. I, we we don't really we want we say we want a friction free life, but right. I don't think we do. Like we like the struggle. Yep. We like the um, having accomplished the That's thing. Right. You know, right. when I'm. When I'm just like, wow, I could do anything today. Like, I could read books and watch something. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. – I'm like, no, I need to have something to really do. I yeah. need a sense of urgency. I need a challenge. I yep. need, and I keep creating things for myself to give me that to sense of friction. Yeah. This is what procrastinating is all about is, is you're like, I can't write the paper until I make it – 
very urgent. Yeah, very scary. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, I don't yeah, do yeah. it, well, that's how you wrote the paper. That's fine. Right. I think, I, think that, I think the reason Shakespeare was so prolific was because he had a company of actors that needed three plays a year. Huh. He was a pure deadline writer. That's so great. Yeah. He was writing, like, Pulp Fiction, going back to Tarantino. I mean, Pulp Fiction. I mean, like... Rags. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He was yeah. writing brilliant. I'm not saying what right. he wrote was rags, but he was trying to churn oh my out. God, you don't like Shakespeare. He was the one. <laughs> ah, he was the one man writing staff for the How I Met Your Mother of the Day. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, right, had, right. He had he did, to do it. He had to do it all. Yeah, and he had to hit the notes. He probably was even like, "Oh God, I'm having another guy sleep with his mother." That wasn't him, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. but, like, oh, like what if we, they kill the kids and put them in pies? <laughs> That's like so ghoulish. <laughs> like, really, that Shakespeare? But it's in there. I know he has a lot. I just saw Shakespeare in the park. It was great. Uh, it was much ado about nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the play was The Tempest, but <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> ah, that was a funny little Shakespeare. It was it, good. It I was much it. ado about nothing. And it was great. And it was also very broad. Yeah. It was very broad. Yeah. And I knew even at the time it was broad. There's always like a fey guy yeah. who like has to put on a dress yeah. and he's like, woo. But it's really brilliant because he was he was he would toss, you know, enough to the groundlings, right? That's right. So they would hoot and holler. Yep. But then if you wanted a little if you wanted more of a think piece, he, was he had the, that all in there. He was the Pixar of the time. He was really good. He was ah. <laughs> like I know that sounds strange to say. I, I read The Great Gatsby a couple years ago. I didn't yeah. read it when I was supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I picked it up like two years ago and I read it and I loved it so much that I, it felt like I was the first person to read it and, yeah. and know its greatness. I was like, has anyone heard of this book, The Great Gatsby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so, I was it was riveting to me. I think I that's so funny. I, you continue your education and now the urge that see that's supposed to be the urgency. There's a test. You know, right, and, right. and you have to get good grades. But that's not a compelling narrative. You're like, we made up a thing called a test, and we made up a thing called grades. Right. It's like, get the fuck out of my face. Once you start dealing with things like uh, people's lives or, or your your livelihood, then, you, then you're in the real grit. Yeah, yeah. And I've always found, like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of small talk. Like, where are you from? How many sisters do you have? I mean, all that's yeah, fine. Sure. But I'm also, I'm always like, what are you learning lately? Like, yeah. what's going on? Like, right. like what's, what are you, what's your, what are you afraid of? I like, what fears you, are you taking on? You I know? wish there were good questions because, you know, doing this podcast, what I was trying to think is like, what is the question that you would ask that doesn't make someone feel on the spot? Right. Because right. that's really, that, that fear adrenalizes them and makes them blank. Right. If you say like, What's what's really your passion right now? Right. You ask me that, I'll be like, yeah. but if you make me comfortable and then kind of drop hints that you're also passionate about, now we're having a conversation. Right, right. But I don't know the shortcut to it. I know. It's almost like you have to get you have to smuggle it in somehow. Yeah. I always call this in my movies. I call it Trojan horsing. Yeah. Where I actually have like quite. I think spiritual messages in both movies, yeah. but I put them in this kind of thing that looks like a romantic comedy or a coming of age thing, but right. it's smuggled in, right. you know, and, and some people really can hear that. Like they can hear the frequency of it and they get it and, the, and, right. and it takes the movie for them in a different direction. Yeah. But other people, if you just want to watch a, you know, a thing yeah. and you can be like, that was really nice. You know, I watched a thing. Today. Yeah. I watched a thing. I, well, you know, I did see the part where she says life is improv, which is actually, I used to coach improv and that's what I told them. Oh yeah. I was Great like, oh. life lessons improv. Yeah. Wonderful. Going back to Key My Key. Yeah, yeah. And I believe Amy Poehler, the whole basis of Amy Poehler's book, Yes Please, is like a good improviser is a good person. Yeah. Like that's a big, a big thing. But I thought that was kind of, I do think that's kind of a spiritual thing. We think we're on tracks and we're supposed to be like, 
Hello, how are you? Yeah. I am well. Yeah. Would you like <laughs> yeah. chicken? I know. I like chicken. I know. I just re- I'm writing a play now and it was it, one character's talking about like how we're liars all the time because mm-hmm. when someone says how are you, you do not answer honestly. Yeah. You're like, fine, Why great, would you? terrific, you know. It's really annoying if you do. Yeah. I'm really interested in in the will to exist. I'm interested in the will to create, the will to have sex, the will to uh, whatever it might be, but the the will to exist is is a hard one too, meaning fearlessly. Right. There's some days, uh, I actually find days when I'm hungover, I'm a little bit more uh, fearless, right. a little bit more Jerome Jar, right. you know, meaning like I'll, I'll say yes to plans. I've, this is one of the reasons why I stopped drinking for a couple months here and I, I just got back into it. And I do realize one of the things, not necessarily when I'm drunk, but after, sometimes during, it doesn't matter. I, I will be a little bit more open and like texting people back and making more jokes and, and being a little bit more quick to laugh and all this stuff. So I was like, oh, alcohol can kind of be a, a, a nice thing for me. Right. Uh, but that, that thing, I do have these friends that are just like goddamn exhausting that are just always – how I imagine Jerome Jar, Jar to be, always want to go, always want to do the thing, always want to pop by. There's always a party or a show or a new Ethiopian restaurant. Right. And I'm just like, man, I don't have the will. Like, right. I love life. And as, as you know from listening to this, I'm, I try to be curious, I try to be inquisitive, I try to hold on to wonder. But there are some days where I'm just like, not today. And that's a lot of days. <laughs> but don't you feel like part of that is the, the the writer part of you needs a little solitude, a little hibernation, a little recharge, like plug in your battery? Yes. Like that's I find – introvert. I, like I went to a bunch of parties this weekend and I, it's kind of rare for me these days. Like yeah. I don't go out that much. Yeah. But then I, I, it always bites me, you know, on the other side because if I'm alone too much, I get a little squirrely. Yeah. But I need to be alone yeah. and then I need to go out. So I need to find some balance, you know. I, I think that's going back to what we were saying. Uh, about creating urgency we're trying we don't want we don't want a uh, what did you say a conflict free life or, yeah frictionless and we, conflict, because yeah. friction is what gets us moving and yeah. you can even have that perspective on yourself where I'm like oh I'm being alone so that I will want to be social later right right or isn't it even just scientific like like combustion creates energy or whatever you know the, yeah. the, the kind of thing that boom and then For something sure. happens right I, you know, so it's so interesting, and I think it's weird that it took me 36 years to find, well, maybe 33 years. I don't remember when I started reading them. But Joseph Campbell and that idea that uh, Richard Rohr actually shared this with me. There was a, a another Teresa. It's another saint named Teresa. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed that I can never remember her name. But she's Teresa a, of Avila, is that her maybe. name? Maybe. Yeah. Very famous. I should yeah, know her yeah, name. Yeah, so it's probably yeah. that one. Yeah. And uh, I believe it was her that said, pain is the only way you come to know God. Right. And I was like, God, just meaning you can substitute anything there. It's the only way you get to, like, know love. It's the only way you get to right. know yourself. It's the only way you, you get to know humanity. It's like a really, really essential thing. But I just did this uh, this guy's podcast, and, and he was a pastor, and I don't even think he's going to release it because I, I swore so much. <laughs> and he was a great guy. I'm not shitting on this guy. But, like, I did get the distinct feeling that he was of the mindset that, that like, it is a utopia. If everybody would come to Christ, it would be a utopia. Right. And I'm like, it's the diversity. Right, it's, right. And it's the pain. Boy, you should listen to – I just reread it yesterday, but Wade Davis, who's this uh, ethnobotanist, he's kind of like a, a real-life Indiana Jones. He has one of the greatest TED Talks about cultural diversity yeah. and how – 
um, we're, I'm watch we're, it. we're killing all this stuff and, and the world, we, we actually all- want a more diverse world. We don't want a homogenized world. Or when he talked about these languages that are dying, you know, there were 6,000 languages, now there's 3,000, mm. and every day someone dies and they take a language with them. Mm. You know, it's like this really horrible thing. But he said, you know, people will say, um, well, no, the world would be easier if we just had one language. And he said, okay, let's make it Cantonese. Let's make it Kogi. Yeah. You, you know, you're not yeah. going to feel the same way. Right. You're thinking everyone should speak English. Right, 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 right. right, But we actually long for that kind of diversity, right? But that's what's crazy. I, re- yeah. I really think that was a big thing between my way of thinking as a, as a child and now what I'm trying to do yeah. as an adult, yeah. which is like, Alan Watts makes this point, the philosopher Alan Watts yeah. is like, the only way we know what we are is because we know we're not them. You know what I mean? Like, right. the atheists... Should rejoice in the believers. They can disagree and 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 protest and say, right. "Stop doing all the terrible things you're doing in religion." It's not about just being like whatever, right. but it's not about wanting to eradicate any any one group. And the believers shouldn't want to eradicate the atheists. It's like that's that's where the juice is. Alan Watts talks about these two. If you saw two circles in space, you would have no. If you were just in perfect black space and you were bodiless, you were just consciousness in space. Right. So no stars, just blackness in every direction and you saw a circle you would have no idea how big that circle is right 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 right, right. you'd need another circle right so this idea and it's and i feel like that that movie the time machine remember that old movie from the uh, the 70s where it's like oh we want to have the utopia where we're up on the in the beautiful green grass and stuff we need those weird troll people below us that steal one of us every once in a while <laughs> we need peril and what you were saying is we need dark nights of the soul and and there's this great joseph campbell quote where he says the only question is, will you be able to say a hearty yes to your adventure, meaning your pain? Right. But I think a lot of the pain comes from resisting the call to adventure. I agree. Right? It's in the resistance. The actual adventure is like, you're doing it. That's you, right. You know, once you say yes to it, it's like that Goethe quote, like once you say yes, like providence sweeps in and with uh, all this, the support. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah. And, um, but I also, I also feel like sometimes we overstate the usefulness of suffering mm. because... I think that it's we, you know, I I have this teacher who said something that really floored me. He said, um, "We don't learn from suffering," and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, no, no, no! We learn from suffering." Like yeah. I was so married to yeah. that. He said, and I, I don't know why this really got to me. He said, "If we learned from suffering, the world would be enlightened by now mm. because we've suffered enough. Yeah, like we have suffered enough. If yeah. if suffering actually taught us, he said what he said the natural." inclination of our hearts is towards peace or truth or God or love. And the only thing, when we, when we get through that dark night, we don't thank the suffering. We thank our heart for bringing us back to who we are. Mm. But the suffering, as he said, we mustn't make an idol of suffering. Right. You know what I mean? That's great. And I think that's really true. But I do feel like if you're going to embark on anything substantive and real, whether it's creative, spiritual, like you're going to hit those road marks. There are landmines along the way. Yeah. And they're inevitable. And everyone has, they're well documented, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think they're, I, I, it's interesting that the path has been laid out. You know, people left breadcrumbs behind. Yeah, I know. And said, but we keep ignoring <laughs> I know. We really do. It's kind of like this thing I read, like like uh, libraries are just there, and they have the greatest works you could ever imagine, and they're just sitting there. No one's checking them out. Like Ulysses is sitting there. I know. You can have it. The Great Gatsby was sitting there. It was for sitting a long there. Time. You can have it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. That's so interesting. I, I wonder what it is. I, I so it's, I agree with him that it's not the suffering necessarily, but it is. I, I the word surrender came to mind. I'm a big surrender person. Yeah, that, that yeah. idea that you're like. 
you do have to kind of say yes to it. And then that is your character and that is your heart and that's finding your footing. And that's when you go like, oh, I can't, now we can learn. If you just remain in the suffering yeah. and resisting it, yeah. I think maybe you then could you just become, stay there. Then you become a victim of what you are calling circumstance, right? right. Like it's – there's that great Emerson quote about um, – shallow men believe in luck wise men believe in cause and effect Mm. like if you understand like oh when i do this it brings me pain when i do this it brings me a feeling of openness or or Mm -hmm. or enthusiasm Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're you're a scientist and your experiment is on yourself you know you're just testing like okay when i do that when i touch this hot stove i get burnt okay 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 and it took me a long time to learn this in certain areas of my life where i'm like you know, doing the same thing and expecting different results. Like, yeah. like it just has taken me a while. I know I've been there. I, I, I'm sure I have blind spots to this. We day. all do. I mean, we, yeah, it's it's a limitless. You take one tablecloth off, and there's just another one. You know, <laughs> I was talking to. The, I met this uh, young gal. Uh, she was 27, um, and she had just gotten back from Asia, and she was lit up with like love and seeing the different way of life, and she was really enthusiastic about this idea that. Well, if everyone would just behave this way, mm. X, Y, Z, whatever, however she defined it, mm-hmm. then the world would be great. And then she was angry, like, why isn't the world more X, Y, Z? And as a 41-year-old, I was like, oh, I remember that. Mm. I remember that 27-year-old, why can't the world be more this way? Right. And I'm going to be the one to change it. Like, yeah. I'm going to be the one to change it. And, and it's, it's not actually a sad thing. It's actually I'm relieved that I have this feeling now where I, I feel like I just have this plot of land, right? And it's mine. And I like water it and I grow things on it and I'm trying to make it as fertile and interesting as I can. And other people come over for, to visit and they're like, oh, how'd you do that? And I'll tell them like, yeah. oh, no, you water and then you do this. And then they go off and do that. Like my, my ideas about my effectiveness in the world are like smaller, like they're more modest, right. but no less consequential and interesting. It's like right. the, I stumbled across this Mother Teresa quote where she says, we can't do great things on this earth, only small things with great love. Mm. You know, but I do feel like they're, that everything's contagious, you know? It's like a virus of goodness, right? Yeah. Like if we are just, like I'm a huge believer in like basic kindness, mm. you know? Um, it's funny, I was, t- I was telling someone, like when, you're, when you get a little famous, people um, give you an inordinate amount of credit for like being basically a good person. Like, you're like I saw him hold the door open for an old woman. It's like, can you believe what a great guy he is? Or like, he tipped 20%. Yeah, that video went viral. You know? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I really, I, 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 feel, I feel better knowing that like, I don't have to save the world. Mm. Like, I just have to look at myself and try to be better. Well, and- that's really, I mean, that really is, I, people put it at the end of their emails and stuff, but it, it, it deserves a lot of contemplation is that the Gandhi idea where it's like, be the change you want to see. It does. And, and some of these things like have so calcified into cliche, but if you really right. unpack them, you're right. like, wait, 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 that's really smart. It really is. And, and that, it's your reality and you're, you're changing it and it's the only thing you can change. And that, that really does go back to the surrendering of things. And, the, and going back to my uh, pastor friend who's the podcast, you know, the idea, it, it can't all be everybody agreeing on Jesus. It just can't. Right, right. It can't. No. In fact, I would say my own kind of, we're getting into this early, but the, my trippy idea is that we were in this place of knowingness and union. Right. We, we couldn't have, maybe we weren't even you know, conscious in the way that we are here, but you were just floating right. in the void. Right. But you were connected, completely right. connected and one with God, and you were God, and you were there. Right. Then you uh, opted to come here because the whole point of coming here is 
the friction. That's where the combustible engine right. gets off the ground. Right. If we wanted to just everyone believe in Jesus, just stay the fuck in the ether. <laughs> right. What's the point? But it also, it also, and this is just, this is a new thought that I'm having right now. It's actually limiting Jesus because it's saying <laughs> there's only one idea about Jesus, as if Jesus or, right. or Christ or Christic energy can't be many things to many different people. That we and got it. We got it. Yeah, we have it. And There's like, no, is there anything less Talmudic <laughs> I'm just kidding, <laughs> right. than assuming that a rabbi could only be interpreted one way? Right. Get the fuck out of my right, face. Right, right. It's also, it's also, I always feel like, I always feel like a good metric for like, whether to listen to someone or not in, from a spiritual context, if they're screaming, don't listen to them. Like, don't, just don't listen to them. If they're screaming, they're not talking about God. Yeah. They're speaking from ego. Yeah, they're yeah, speaking yeah. from defensiveness or self-righteousness or fear. Well, talk about breadcrumbs. The people that are, that are railing against the gays are having the gay affairs. It's like, how many times do we get yeah. told that story? I know. But, it, but it's also like the, 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 the people shouting the loudest are, I think, afraid that they don't know God. Of course. Right? And the people... I found that the more peaceful I get, the more meditated, the more meditation I do, the more, the calmer my nervous system gets. I have less of an impulse to argue about God. That's right. Because I feel like I'm actually closer to something. Well, this, this is a, okay. So this goes back to your friend coming back from Asia and thinking we need to all Asia ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and forgive me. I believe it was Confucius. I'm not sure, but he talks about like, I'm going to paraphrase. It's not even going to be close, but you'll understand. Yeah. It's uh, in my 20s, I thought I knew everything and I tried to tell everyone. In my 30s, uh, I, you know, started yelling and really was trying to convince the young people that I knew what I was. And then something about like in my 40s or 50s, I realized that everything you say is misunderstood and I kept my mouth shut and was mistaken for a saint. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it was just like you that screaming is like, what are you talking? Yeah. It's so caustic. And I know, you know, I went to a Christian college. I know so many people because I was so close to becoming one of them yeah. that become pastors and stuff because it's like there's no way pastors go to hell. You know what I mean? Like, right. of course I'd be in. It's on my W-2, Servant of God, <laughs> LLC. I have you so know much I mean? paperwork backing me up. But that's what it, we're craving. I know. And then we get up and we yell and we and we insist because, like, we're, we're so afraid of being voted out of the I club. Know. What was it? There's a uh, Pascal, I think, quote. It, it says, the world is full of only two kinds of people. Uh, righteous men who believe they're sinners and sinners who believe they're righteous men. Oh, boy. You know? Chilies. I got the chilies. Yeah. I'll have the fajitas. <laughs> Table side. <laughs> Unlimited chips and uh, salsa, please. Yeah. Because I have the chilies right now. We, we needed a moment to remo- <laughs> to bring us back to the world. It was like, that was, the, uh, that was the yanking on our feet of like, you guys are floating. That's Come right. back. That's right. There's chilies. <laughs> like, get some fajitas. <laughs> I, I just think that uh, that is such... A, look at what we're saying. We're hitting all the big, the big ones of... Yeah. Any decent mystic. Right. Which is non-resistance. Yeah. And then also non-identification with your goodness or your badness. Right. You know what I mean? You're right. just kind of like, I am. and But everybody wants to be binary. And you're talking about the ego and, and dualism. And people want to go like, I am a pastor. I am a Christian pastor. I am Democrat. Or I should make him a Republican based yeah. on the character I'm doing. I'm a Republican. I am pro-life. I am pro-marriage. And you know what I mean? And that's all that sort of – none of that – is compelling except your ego. But you're talking about that stillness. The more you still yourself, the more you quiet yourself, the more you identify with your awareness rather than your mind, yeah. you start going like, what the fuck is Or you just say, what is everybody talking you about? Just, you say, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I say that so much more now than I used to. 
And I actually find that the quieter I'm getting, the more... The, the, <laughs> I love the, it. Now we're two grown men. Because yeah. <laughs> this is a real grown men conversation. Yeah, no, seriously. And I, these are, I love this. I love This is why I wanted to talk to you. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, the quieter the, you the, get. The quieter I get, I feel like I... Uh, now it's gone. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, but I'll get it back. I was saying the insisting I'm a Republican, I'm binary, oh, I'm yeah. in my ego. The quieter I get, I actually like like the pascal quote and i'm not even saying i'm not making an argument for my righteousness yeah i'm i i actually see what a devious scheming agenda ridden bastard i am that's right but i didn't used to see it when it was actively expressed i thought i was a great guy right now that i'm like quieter and more mellow in my life i'm like oh i'm I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a different accounting of myself, but Josh, and I'm, and I'm a little on to myself a little bit more, you know, a lot more. What else would holiness be other than truthfulness? Oh my God! I mean, Saint Augustine, right? Go or, ahead. Or Meister Eckhart? Have you read any Meister Eckhart? No, no. Oh, you should read Meister Eckhart. Quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really incredible. I just got the, the the writings, but I mean, these guys were sometimes quite literally, you know, lashing themselves. You yeah. Know? But well, that makes me not want to read. Yeah. It. What's that? I mean, there's that. What's that, 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 I think St. Augustine has the best joke in all of theology. Uh-huh. Um, Lord, make me chaste, just not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Man, I related to that. When yeah. we were 15 and 16 and having people come in and tell their testimonies about how, like, which is the story of how they came to God, about all the whoring and the drinking and the drugs and yeah. stuff. And we were all like, please... Why did I have to be saved? Like, why? Right. Why couldn't I couldn't go out? I, be saved I just got all later. sorts of tips on how to be bad. But you know yeah. what? I don't think I was. Yeah, I don't think I was. For me, my path. Are you I don't now? Think I was is that where you're at now? Saved? No, no, no. Not. Oh, oh. You didn't think you were saved? Got I, it. I mean, saved meaning on the path to some sort of enlightenment, redemption, right. or, or inner peace. Right. I think I was a part of a club. I right. think I was, you know, starch shirts and khakis and, right, right. you know, and, and acoustic guitar and, and moderately funky versions of Amazing Grace. Right. I was in that club and I was like, well, that's what you have to be to be saved is you don't swear, you don't drink. Did you, you have fuck. any essence, like, did you feel like a fraud in the midst of that? Looking back, it's one of the most confusing things I can look back on is be like, what did I really believe? Because I know me. Yeah. I've known me my whole life. I, <laughs> I can't fully remember I know I had some walls up that I was like, just don't look over that wall yeah. and we can stay here. We'll stay here where uh, I, I'm impressing my parents, I'm pleasing my community, yeah. and I get this wonderful afterlife insurance. But like, I, I wonder, because it only took a little bit of pain. My divorce wasn't that horrible. It's what I have. Right. But it wasn't that horrible. You know what I mean? And that that screw got turned just a little bit and then everything kind of went away like pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Quicker than it came in, it went away. So you were in the club through your divorce? No, right at my divorce. Up until my divorce, I was pretty much in the club. Okay, okay. Right around, there was a time when I was in New York. Were and you I, a comic then? Yeah. Yeah. I was starting to kind of dabble but it was all the external sins yeah i wouldn't obviously i wouldn't cheat on my wife right she didn't feel the same (laughs) (laughs) um but i wouldn't do drugs right i wouldn't really swear too much i started dabbling and swearing off stage a lot yeah but not on stage because that was too public so it was all this sort of like phony baloneyness that goes back to what you were saying about like i didn't admit that I'm a scoundrel and a liar and you know given the right circumstances like yeah a thief like you took that fucking cookie like yeah. or whatever it was I, yeah. I, petty stuff obviously yeah. but like yes garbage, garbage. scoundrel all of it but what yeah. we're sold 
it's a, again, it's Alan Watts. He goes like, most people are trying to do impressions of holy people, right? Rather than actually take it's the elevator. It's not what you down. think it is. It's not what it looks like. Right, right, right. You know, it's it's all this inner work. And then he also says, "I'm just going to put this to you." Yeah, he goes, "Most people love Jesus because they're told they ought to love Jesus." Which he's like, "If you're Jesus, how does that feel?" You know what I mean? It's right, like, right. I love you because you hold all the cards and you pull all the strings. Right. That's bullshit. It's, right, it's right. fucking garbage. What's that? There's a William Blake quote where he says, uh, Jesus Christ was the only son of God, and so am I, and so are you. That is t- chilies. That I got great? the chilies. That's that great. is a I love good that. one. You know, I also get... You fucking asshole. That's so good. <laughs> I'm giving you some quotes. I'm not, I'm not even done. Yeah. Who said that? William, William Blake? Blake, yeah. Um, oh, but there's also know. like... Even like nationally, and not to not to get hijacked by politics, but this notion that like to be self critical of America, like anything America did, is it like we're always yeah. right? I find that to be ludicrous. Like, yeah. do we not have some national accounting where we can look and say this? We have our hands as bloody as everyone else. Yeah. We need to walk lightly yeah. and with some humility. And we're the teenagers of the world. Uh, I always say that we're the teenagers <laughs> of the world. Well, we've yeah. got we've got we've got our dad's credit card. Yeah. We just started drinking. We're drunk on oil. Europe I mean, is uh, looking. I'm sure I got it from somebody on this podcast, yeah. but I'm sure Europe is watching us. Just like, oh God, America's running around with its head off yep, again like, yep, or with yep. its dick out yeah it's embarrassing yeah, no. but again we see going, we're, we're really making the same points over and over which is how i know we're in we're in the good space we see when you go to i i, I went to uganda and you'd see a mcdonald's or whatever yeah and as a you know 17 doughy year old 17 year old doughy kid i was like great i can eat a big mac uh but like you're like you it's it's the gentrification of of existence and this goes back to the idea of utopia and everybody believing the same thing right and and i love i i reference it constantly and i know this is probably two episodes in a row i've referenced this but in the matrix one of my one of my faves they talk about the first matrix being a utopia and everybody would wake up right. because they wouldn't accept it right. it's because we need differences the 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 christian needs the atheist so bad. Right. So it, that's every cop movie. It's Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. We know this. It's talk about breadcrumbs. It's it's heat. It's fucking all these movies right. where the cop realizes he needs the criminal and they're not that different. <laughs> right. Fuck me in the face, right. man. It's right. right here. And this is where this is where Joey Cams comes in and says there's only one story. He's like, there's one story and it's about you. And it's about you having your Pacino and De Niro. Yeah. You need to sit down with your Pacino and your De Niro, and you need to reconcile with your inner villain, and you need to reconcile with your inner hero, right. realize you're neither of them and you're both of them, and, like, get on with it. Right, right. But, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, A, I question if there is more than the... Campbell arc to story. I, like I, I don't know. Oh, I understand. I, I don't know. But that sorry. was that was that was certainly no. But I know. I know. Uh, certain hyperbolic. People have been, I think that 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 paper that it went out to Hollywood studios that made them all Campbell fanatics. Right. And, and like yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Or three act structures. People. Right. think That was the worst thing that ever happened. Right. In storytelling. Right. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I have this belief that we are um divine. Like there's a there's a seed of like light in us that is is perfect and un- untouchable it's, it's almost like our factory settings like 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 the like a breath or a yeah. light that that right and then we get all this other stuff that's on top of it and it's and it's and it traps that light yep and it, and it's a process of kind of taking the stuff away i don't know that that light that in, in primordial inextinguishable light is dependent upon darkness for its illumination mm. do you know what i'm saying yeah no i understand yeah that's the game 
That's right. well, I guess what we would call karma or whatever. But we're also we're also you know what the Buddhists would call samsara. Like we're in the place of suffering and karma and death and rebirth and accidents right. and disease and you know there's a little, this is hard here right it's hard here and that's why and your buddhas and your christs wanted to leave like wanted to wake to up to transcend to yeah. get out yeah yeah that i think that's the most interesting thing about no, buddha is. Is he was like i've been reborn enough times yes i'm out. i'm out i'm out <laughs> it's true i can't be a woman picking wheat no and then i can't go it's true I'm, i had 400 yeah. of these exactly and i'm and i'm like and i'm done and Think and, about that. One of them was pro- some sort of murderer. Or oh, something. for sure. Milarepa. Do you know about Milarepa? The, no. The, he, was, he, he literally used black magic to kill like 27 members of his family and then became an awakened Buddha in the same lifetime. Ooh. It's like a 13th century Tibetan wow. Milarepa. Yeah, really interesting. Well, but, the, yeah, go um, ahead. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, there's a, there's a kind of, if, you know, there's so much that's glorious about being alive on Earth. You know, that just the ability to, like, love and be creative and collaborate and, you know, have family. I mean, there's so much. The wonder, the gorgeous yeah. beauty. At the same time, I've also – another shift that I've had is, like, my God, it's hard here. Yeah. And even the most blessed life is not free of suffering. Like, well, your, friends are gonna, your friends are going to die. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're going to die. You're going to die. Either you die or you go to a lot of your friends' funeral. Right. That's how that plays out in right. a really good world. Right, right, right. You know, there, there, you, you can't extinguish certain amounts of existential pain if you're a thoughtful person. And I think that's why everyone's kind of trying to numb themselves. And if you're it's n- really hard here. And even if you're not a thoughtful person, which is, which is also fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We love not you every, too. Not every, <laughs> Exactly. Not everybody has to be like this. But uh, I think there's a weight to it. I think there's something that's going on that that drives us to uh, drink or yeah, watch yeah. Uh, movies or, or, or think getting famous will make you happy. I mean, we're all worshiping false idols on some level. That's right. You know, no, on, on many levels, but you see, know. It's so great that you said that because false idols when I was growing up traditionally. It's the little gold statue. It, yeah, it was a, the real life uh, Indiana Jones would go and steal it. Yeah. No, it was the idea that God, the real God, so this this uh, anthropomorphized man God, the yeah. lifeguard God, yeah. is upset that you're worshiping money. So you're like, no, that's a false idol. And you're like, no, it's just it, it's just an empty thing. It's not about upsetting right. the real thing. Right. The real thing isn't going like, hey, yeah. don't worship titties. Yeah. I'm real. Yeah. It's just going like, okay. But it's it, but it's it's also like we we worship money and then we get sad, right? Right. And then we go I'm being punished by God because I'm worshiping the false thing. No, it's the, the thing right. is you worship the money. The karma of that is you're going to get sad. That's right. Because it's false. And that's why this, the idea of sin, which is a big thing for me in losing my faith and then in redefining it, I really had to take I – I don't even like that word. Yeah. But the way I think of it now is it's the thing that's in the way. Right. It's like it's not the thing – it's not your demerit list with right. God where he's like, I'd love Josh if it stopped jerking off so goddamn <laughs> – so me damn much. You know what I mean? It's about the thing that's blocking the connection. It, it's like totally. Wi-Fi or it, a exactly. radio station. It obscures that connection. If I, you it, go out and – fucking do terrible things. I don't even like saying terrible things because people will be like, hey, that happened to me. But if you go out and do terrible things, it's not that something out there loves you less. Right. It's that you will feel and experience less of that juice. Right, right. And that You're... is a compelling thing. Yes. It's not, it's not about 
fucking saying fuck or shit or, or smoking cigarettes or whatever it might be that's a sin traditionally. Right. These external things. It's, it goes down into the heart and it goes down into that still place. It's, it, it, it also, for me, I was thinking about, because I, I was raised Jewish, so I have this very strong, like I went to an Orthodox Hebrew day school. I, oh, had, wow. I had my little club, but on the, you know, Semitic side or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, The Talmudic. Exactly. It was very Talmudic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, uh, think I got the, 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 the bearded paternal punishing God yeah. thing. And that's been something I've really I had to... I thought that re- was hard. <laughs> I really re- did. Oh, really? I know you're... I mean, the Old Testament. He's pretty, a pretty mean guy. Yeah, he's pretty bloody. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, he's not, he's not nice to those priests of Baal, I'll tell you that. He's <laughs> <laughs> a biblical Ooh. comedian? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> if I was a priest of Baal, I'd bail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, folks, doing tonight, uh, try the manna. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the, the the my Jewish friends were like, yes, we have this book filled with lots of scary pillars of salt stories and stuff. But we're also the guys that are like, what does it mean to you? Right. No, there is there is that kind of like wrestling with angels thing yeah. that's 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 powerful in Judaism, and I've always loved that about that. But I was actually recently thinking because I, I I had to write something. I was thinking about you know the first commandment, love God above all things, or right. something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which to my paternalistic bearded god brain is like I assign God an ego, right? And I say, oh, God wants all the love for himself and is right. jealous, right? The jealous God. And gets mad when you and don't. And gets mad when you don't. But I started thinking about it and I was unpacking it. It sounds I was like, like Will Smith. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the Will Smith God. Like, hey. <laughs> Just like a big celebrity God. Yeah, exactly. Take pictures of me. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, like direct all the prayers to me. I got jealous. Yeah. But, but – Really, it's like I, I thought of this metaphor that was very helpful for me. It's like a parent in a crowded marketplace that says to the child, "Hold on to my hand. Yeah, don't let go because you'll get lost." Right. So, so that's all that commandment is: is like, 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 stay with truth. Yeah, stay with what's real because if you don't, you're gonna get hurt. And I love you so much; I don't want you to get hurt. Right, right, right. That's how I interpret that now. Right, 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 right. You I know? would even remove. I don't want you to get hurt, but I understand what you're saying. But but you don't want to get hurt because when you worship the false things, you cause pain for yourself. Right. That's. I what don't it want is. you to be empty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then you know, then it just compounds it because you're like. Uh, the money thing didn't work out. I guess I'll do the drug thing. The drug thing right. didn't work out. I'll do the thing thing. Like, right. there's there's that hung, you know, the hungry ghost. Like, there's that yeah. thing of like, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. Why? You know. Imagine a th- imagine a, an idea of God that isn't just trying to bait you with heaven or, or or scare you with hell. Right. But really is just kind of like, this is it, man. You're here, and as Duncan said, you're in the flesh spacesuit. And you're only here for a small time, and you're here to learn and experience and feel and grow and change and shift and improve and enlighten yourself and others and whatever it might be. And I am not the man with the beard that's mad. I am light. I Mm -hmm. am truth. I am grace and peace and redemption and Mm -hmm. kindness. I'm those things. And that is for everybody. That's for the atheist yep. who doesn't want to think about the bearded guy. He still that, – that atheist still feels those chills and knows those callings and his God can be the void. That's fine. Right. That's great. We don't even have to call it the, a God. Just the void. The nothingness right. is, is that. Fine. Stay here and follow the, the juice and that's, and that's the call. But Yeah, but I've also found like the juice – is like keeps changing on some level. Like, yeah. like I thought, I remember I was super depressed after a breakup and I read The Power of Now, which is 
was was paradigm shifting for me. <laughs> it was. It, I'm I'm a little embarrassed at how much that book landed on Isn't me. Isn't it embarrassing? It's a, it's a little cliche, but but when I it was 2000 what two or uh, 2003, and I was so depressed, like clinically depressed, yeah. you know. And I read that book, and I felt my depression lift off my shoulders like it was a wet cloak that I'd been carrying mm-hmm. around. I mean, it was so powerful for me. So I walked around, and I couldn't believe everyone wasn't clutching a copy, mm-hmm. you know, because I was in 27 or 28, right? Yeah. And I thought, no, it's just about being present. Like, it's just about being present. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the end of that, and you're like, well, A, it's hard to do that all the time, and B, that won't actually give you a, a, a meaningful life only, oh, yeah, only. Sure. You know, there are other things that, so... Well, I if thought, you can do it, you really are some sort of saint. Exactly. Yeah. But it might be reverse engineering, like... Like, people found presence through going through a series of things. I don't know if you can go, okay, now I'm present, therefore all these other things are going to happen. I don't know. I understand. And I think, like, uh, you know, even just learning about virtue, like, I think this is really interesting. Everyone knows the seven deadly sins. Like, everyone can name them. We Mm -hmm. make movies about them and all that. But no one knows there's seven corresponding virtues that are, that, you know, pride, humility, diligence, charity, chastity, compassion, and um, uh, temperance. Which, you know, uh, 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 patience uh, opposes anger. You know, compassion opposes envy. So, so it's like you're never told, like, no, 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 there are these qu- other behaviors that if you're in the grip of greed, for instance, yeah. you know, that's why charity exists. Like, right. give it away. Like, right. Don't hoard it. Give it away. Right. If you're angry, like, I always, I always think that uh, uh, traffic is like a spiritual practice in L.A. You know what I mean? Like, when you're late for something, like, yeah, how sure. can I not lose my mind? How can I not go mechanically unconscious right now in this moment? Yeah. Can I be... Like, find some equanimity yeah. in the midst of this. It's funny how all, you know, whenever I'm trying to illustrate spiritual things, it's so clear that I live in L.A. because I'm always going back to, like, can you be present in the car? Yeah. Can you, can you be present in traffic? And can you – it's actually a nice opportunity to It really to be is. Present, it yeah. really is, you know, and you yeah. have to be there, so That's you might as well I, not suffer. Uh, this is I, – I can't stand music. I, what is that? Would you love me the same? You know that song? I don't know a lot of like yeah, me um, neither. music that's happening just now. Just real, real horseshit. It's, <laughs> it's just it's just shitty pop music, and there's a lot of shitty pop music that I like. Yeah, but god damn it, I, I've have, I've been having to take a lot of Ubers. I've been traveling and stuff, and it's just like it's always that song, and I'm just like, I I, I literally put white noise in my ears yeah. because I can't. Oh, you can tell the Uber guy to turn it off. You I know do. that right? I often oh, do, yeah, but yeah. then every once in a while, this is true. I'll eyeball him and I'll be like, I think he needs it. <laughs> he, needs, he needs this more than I need it quiet in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, most of the time, the reason I think I'm paying for the, the, the ride is that I can tell them to turn the, the radio off. Yeah. I, I just, you want my five stars? Yeah. <laughs> I, I only get five oh, stars only, even if only. I hate them. Their livelihood depends on If I've tweeted this and I've said it. I'll say it every time Uber comes up. Make an option to give them five stars and just say, I'd rather not have this guy again. <laughs> He was great. Right. I'm not kidding. If anyone knows anyone at Uber, please, just a little box that they don't see. You say, five stars. This guy's great. What if he's just too speedy? It's like on Twitter. You can block him. I want to mute him. Yeah, not you want to mute him. him. Right. It's, see, four, three stars. Asshole, you blocked him. He knows you blocked him. Mute. Yeah. We need a mute function. Yeah. Fucking, why am I thinking of this shit? <laughs> You got CEOs and boards of people talking about your app. You're genius. Why do I everything. have to solve the world? Why do, but like, there's so many people that are like, I don't want to hurt a man's livelihood. I but know. think of how many different ways. I'm sorry, a little tear here. Yeah. How many different ways are there to drive? A billion? 
Is it a billion? Some people like it. If you if you're like a get all the way to the right and dart out in front of the traffic before you hit the parked cars kind of guy. You know what I mean? And some people, me, would rather wait for the next light. Like I don't need you to be an asshole. <laughs> But, you know, so... I feel like the Simpsons version of this would be like, you'd cut to here, and I'm gone. <laughs> and the sun has come down. They're sweeping yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real fun one would be like, remember when Martin was like, Bart, do you want to hear me play my lute? And he starts playing the lute, and it pans over, and he's playing the lute. And you see out the window, Bart is running. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Such a good... Sim- yeah. I have another tear. Hey, iTunes. Hey, the people who own The Simpsons. Hey, Hulu. Yeah. Who's a sponsor of the show from time to time? Find a way to put all of The Simpsons on online. Oh, yeah. Why aren't they? I would buy every season if it were on iTunes. I would uh, watch all the shitty... This uh, Hulu is brought to you by... I'd watch all your ads. The yeah. same ad every break. Nobody yeah. can fix that shit. <laughs> if you just get all The Simpsons on there, can why I tell are you they some sitting fun, on uh, it? This is some fun Simpsons trivia I learned. I met Bonnie Patilla, whose name you might recognize. She's a producer on that oh, show. Okay. She's been on since the beginning. And she... I got to talk to her, and she. Oh, and I got. To, she invited me to a table read. No way. Oh, that was the coolest. That's great. The coolest, yeah. Um, but I was talking to her. I watched an episode in college. Uh, you remember the sideshow Bob Cape Fear episode? Of course. Yeah. So there's the thing hat, where he love yeah, um, <laughs> witness relocation program hat and shirt amazing, <laughs> but it's one of my favorite episodes. And we were all it was like my sophomore college. We're all stoned watching The Simpsons, yeah, right? Yeah. And this, um, sideshow Bob starts stepping on a he steps the on rakes. a rake, yeah. right? Okay. In the original broadcast, I think there was something like seventeen rakes, <laughs> and so he's stepping on these rakes, and, uh, you know, and and they pull up, and it's just he's in a field of rakes, right? But it went on so long that like the first three, you're kind of like this. Is, Kind of, this is kind of funny, and then it keeps going, and you're like, "I'm angry. I'm angry. I want them to stop doing yeah, rakes." Yeah, yeah. And then by the uh, rake twelve to seventeen, you think you're it's the it. funniest yeah. thing yeah, you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, so yeah. I asked her. I said, "The the, the rakes," and you can't see it in syndication because that's what they cut out to make the episode oh, shorter. Wow. So you can't see the original, you know, field as much. And <laughs> and I said, "I love the rakes so much." And she said, "I'll tell you a story about the rakes." She said it was the one episode that we were short on. Time wise, and a writer just goes, What about more rakes? That's why that's in there, oh, which I thought was amazing. My Jesus, if ever I've loved thee. Isn't that's, that amazing? That's a great Simpsons story. Yeah. What about more rakes? What about more rakes? Great <laughs> idea. Your side show, How many Bob? Do, how do we need 17 rakes? rakes. <laughs> they probably had three, and they're like, Let's just put it in 17. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. I got a little tour around Family Guy one time, and my question was like, In a gag, they'll often have gags, rake gags, I believe they're called. Yeah. Where the joke is how long it goes on. Right. But something very specific, like Peter will uh, be trying to dig something up, and it's not working, and then he, out of nowhere he has like a like one of those claw hand thingies. Yeah. What are those called? Claw you know, hands. Claw hand digger yeah. uh, machines. Uh-huh. Like construction work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he digs it up for like, for like three minutes. Right. And it's like very... I was like, you send that to Korea to get animated, how do they know? Right. And they were like, there's this whole system breaking it down beat by beat, second by second, exactly how the crane's supposed to go. I was like, that's, that's wow. Is that like analyze, like they have that, that thing that can analyze like a pop song hit? Oh, like where you're, it's almost like comedically, like, okay, they're going to hate it yeah, yeah. at minute Would 130. You still love me the same. <laughs> that one's scoring big. Yeah. In Uber. It's amazing how bad popular music is, isn't it? I'm I don't know. So it's, all, it's not all bad, but I, I think most of it's really bad. Josh. I've wanted to do a bit on stage, and I probably will in my crotchety years, Lord willing. (laughs) 
I think I hate music. <laughs> you don't hate music. You hate bad music. I hate. I okay. I, I don't. I love certainly Glenn Hansard. Just it love. Yeah, Glenn yeah. Hansard. I love Glenn. Yeah. Love the Nash. Everybody knows I love the, the Nash. Love the National. Love the Kings of Leon. Yeah. I, I need love, to get you my Song of the Day Spotify playlist. Okay. It's 400 songs of gold. You'll love. Is it. that true? Yeah, you'll love it. 400 songs <laughs> of gold. <laughs> But I don't know that you'll know a lot of this stuff. I mean, right. I did like a week of the national, so you'll right. get you'll okay. get your national. One week, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then I'll be. Sad. No, I think I, I I'm always trying to you know find the stuff that you know what else is funny. Like if I tweet out a song that a, lot, a little slightly more popular song, it gets more retweets. And oh, I, you're and a big it, music. Person. I'm a big music. Person, oh, okay, but not a popular music person. I'm I like see. a find the indie stuff no one else knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, cl- and classical music actually, like, oh, which wow. you'll see in liberal arts when you get to that part. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> I will. I will see. Okay. Classical. I love jazz. Yeah, and like, and not smooth jazz. Yeah, not, not, no, nothing against it. In fact, if I'm in an Uber and they have smooth jazz on, no problem because yeah. at least it's instrumental. I'm right, like, right. I can tune this out. Uh, but like, I, I'm so relieved that you love music, but you also understand. I tried to talk about it on stage. Yeah, people don't want to hear it. People love music. It's like going against food. But I, I also feel like that's a silly thing to say. I love music, and people say what kind? All kinds. It's like no, no, no. Well, that's no. the bet. No. I, I just so you know, yeah. the bit is called "I Love Music," and it's it's a rant that I did on a podcast that I had transcribed, and I was right. like, I want to do it on stage, but it's hard because people do love music. They and and I don't think that it's because they're idiots. I I'll give you an example. Uh, I flew recently, and I took a Xanax. And because uh, it was bumpy and I wanted to sleep, all these reasons. So I took half a Xanax. Then I got in the Uber on the ride home. He was playing shit pop music and I loved it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, you were half awake. Yeah. And I just, I guess I didn't have any anxiety. And I was like, would you still love me the same? <laughs> really enjoying it. But like the the bit that doesn't work is I find music to be very invasive. Yeah. So I'm in a surf shop. This is completely true. And Valerie, my girlfriend, was w- looking around trying to get, I, I don't know, sunblock or something. At a, okay, yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, you buy it interior surf shop. I was, I was like at a surf shop, and then I'm like, no, that's probably <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, that's where you get. And uh, and I had to leave because they were playing uh, 311. And I don't like. There's times when I've been like drinking a lot of drinks, down down, <laughs> and had fun. Maybe because I was drunk or something, right? Or full of marijuana smoke. But sober in the broad, harsh daylight of Laguna Beach. I didn't want to hear drink a lot of drink down, and it's gonna stay in my mind yeah. for about a week. Yeah, so I had to leave, like like fucking Andy Rooney, like a crotchety old man. I was like, uh, sweetheart, Look, I'm gonna be outside. It happens. But here's how I try and get people on board. If you were in line at a shirp at a shirp shop, and there was no music playing, but a guy behind you had a guitar and was singing Three Eleven, you'd be like. What the fuck is this guy's deal? Shut shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're just supposed to wait. In the- and that's how I feel about all music. But an acoustic version, a live acoustic ah! version might be amazing. You'd be like, yeah. yeah. Like if I got in a car and the guy from was in the front seat singing it, yeah. I would absolutely be like, could you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> like I don't even have a problem. Like shut up. Yeah. Don't sing in a car. But because it's coming out of speakers, it's okay? Yeah. Get the fuck out of my face. But I also, I, I always think, like, I mean, may, yeah, I, I don't, like, I write a lot to classical music or, like, like solo piano. Yep. I bet we have some sim. Chili pan, Gonzalez solo pan. piano. Do you know that? No. Do you know Dustin O'Halloran? You should be listening to that. No. Oliver Arnold's. You'll just email me these. Yeah, I'll email you this. I don't have um, Those are all amazing. But but wordless, you know. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Really, really yeah. good. Um, Beethoven, you heard of Beethoven? He's excellent. Yeah, yeah. What's Just like Ludwig? Shakespeare. Ludwig? Ludwig. Ludwig. Yeah, Ludwig. 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 Um, but, uh, 
No, I'm all, what, what I was saying with like um, when I when I well, I'll do something that's like slightly more popular, and people will be like, ah, and they'll retweet it. But some of the stuff that I think is gold that no one would know, yeah, it gets a little less play. And I'll go, wait, don't you want to learn the new thing? And right. they don't. They want their tastes affirmed mirrored for them, mirrored back to them, yeah. or they go, oh, he likes what I like. And this that's is more most interesting to people. That's most of life. Right. And I, I just find it's, I, to me, I'm like, no, I want to discover the thing that no one knew or, or get the scoop on a band that just is meaningful to me. Right. And then I do that. I used to do that snobby thing where once I got popular, I hated them. And, you know, uh, they, they betrayed uh, me uh, by getting popular. How but dare you. Yeah. But I don't, I don't buy I, Actually, my friend Jesse always says it's, it's very uncool to hate something because it's popular just reflexively. And I think that's right. I think that's you true, know? too. <laughs> I also think defining yourself by what you hate is very boring. Yeah, that's the or most... about what you love in some ways. <laughs> What's that? Or by what you love. I mean, I think it's more. Are you saying worry about what you love? No, no, no. I think defining yourself by what you hate or love. Uh, is kind of... Although I think no, I think that's right. I think I think it's much more interesting. I'm much more curious about like what do you love? What yeah, lights yeah, yeah. you? What lights you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's more or who you are. I like what you said, even though I've never thought about that. Who you are apart from your likes and dislikes. Right. Or who or who you are privately. Yeah. I think is really interesting. Because if you can't just bounce the sound you make through the echo chamber of pop consumerism, right. what's left? Right. And that's that's what I love about my girlfriend. It's not that she loves girls, although we do watch girls together. It's a good right. show. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With good music. Yeah, great music. It does have good music. music. I just watched one where she gets in the car. And it's funny, though. And she's singing uh, the Jewel song, These Hands Are Small, I Know. Uh, I know you mean the music in the show, yeah. like the music they score it with. Yeah. But I laughed really hard. Yeah. But she was just really living it up to Jules' hands. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I sometimes feel a little uh, brutalized by like popular culture. Like like if I go see a um, uh, you know I'll see like one summer blockbuster a year. Sure. But you watch the trailers if you make, before. If you only see, you're the guy they're talking to. Wait, wait. If you only see, see one, one, exactly. <laughs> you're I'm like, like, oh, we gotta pay attention. <laughs> Yeah. deal and uh but i'll i'll watch the trailers before and i'll be like I, I, i'm turning into a crotchety old man i'll be like yeah ooh, this yeah. seems so violent yeah. and, and degrading to yeah, our yeah, yeah, yeah. and i i i'm a little like this is what everyone's watching Buddy, this can't be good for us it goes back to what we're saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm using that tone where you're really self-righteous but yeah. it's true we are drowning. It fucking sucks. Yeah. The music in the Uber, I really do think sucks. And it takes me out of everything. And I'm not talking about that we all should be navel-gazing 24 hours a day and talking about death and having conversations even like this and be like, what do you think it's all about? It's not that. <laughs> but there is something to be said about just like uh, – so um, did you watch Mr. Robot? No. Good show. Yeah, I hear. Good show. Um, I have some thoughts on it, but you haven't seen it. Uh, that'll be another guest. I did enjoy it, and yeah. I recommend it. Uh, but at the end, you know, one of the characters has a monologue in Times Square where he's just kind of like, we're drowning. We're drowning in bullshit. And he says, we haven't had authentic living since the turn of the century, mm -hmm. a time that I happen to love. There will be blood. Uh, Jesse James. I, I'm just drawn to that time when people were kind of like on horses, and it took it took four months to get from Boston to yeah, New York. Yeah, and there was just I know there was some hardship, a, a lot of hardship associated with that. But like, there's something. Now I really am sounding 36, but I'm just like, there's something to that. Instead of, I want to do a bit about how it always breaks my heart a little bit when I either hear myself say or hear someone else say, "I need a new show." You know what I mean? Right, right. It, it's the way that we I'm talk not about distracted it. enough. I need it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going. We're home. binging. <laughs> like binging, it's such yeah. a weird thing. And I binge, and I need new shows. 
Okay, so you said cause and effect, right? That thing you yeah, said yeah. earlier. And I was like, I noticed that I, my own personal juice runs low if I stop doing certain things. Right. One of the things I like to do is I sit in my yard and I look at a tree. And that's really, really calming for me. Like yeah. it's wonderful. It's real simple meditation. Sometimes people are like, how do you meditate? I'm like, try and look at a tree and don't think about it. <laughs> right. Don't, don't go, tall tree. Right. Green, right? Breezy. <laughs> just, just try and experience it as, as kind of cliche, but it's cliche for a reason, as that is. Uh, and I forget what I was saying. Oh, but that is so valuable. And when I'm only binging on shows, and when I'm only whatever it is, p- uh, pacifying myself with mm-hmm. whatever it may be, yeah, food or alcohol or sex or pornography or whatever it is, then I st- I stop being this guy. This is the guy I'm trying to be. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's kind of like it hemorrhages some essential part of you out. Right. You know, and you try to hold. It I becomes that, a commodity. I had this doctor say something really great to me years ago. He said, when you're younger, you're, you're, you're trying to find ways to throw off energy. Mm. And when you're older, you're trying to find ways to conserve it. Mm. You, you know? Because yeah, it's sure. like there's this feeling of like, wait, this is precious. Mm-hmm. My energy, my attention, my, you know, consciousness. Right. It's like, I can't have it be spread out all over the place. And, and this is a, you know, it's a constant battle. Yeah. But I always think, you know, like, I, I love music, right? <laughs> I, I have Spotify. I can listen to anything, anytime, ever. Mm-hmm. There's also the internet where it's like any information or distraction you could possibly dream up is there. Yep. But we're not happier. And so then you go, wait a minute. So it's not about more, 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 more information, more stimulus. Like, it can't be. Because we should be in a paradise right now. That's right. Given what the technology is capable of, where it's taking us. That's right. And when people are like, technology will save us. I'm always like, no, it won't. Right. (laughs) You know, it's not going to save us. Well, it's a preposterous thing to tell a guy on a four-month boat ride from London to Boston, we'll be able to do this in six hours. Right. In the future, six, seven hours. And we're not happy. <laughs> I mean, that's that Louis C.K. bit, which I is a genius, though. It's, a, it's, it, a, it's, a, it's totally genius. It yeah. nails us. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And then I really do think that's, that goes back. So it's not just presence, which is what you got from The Power of Now. I really think... Well, then I, I, I would just like to say I read things since then. Yeah, no, I know. That was 2002. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. A simpler time. But <laughs> Post-breakup, things were clean. Yeah. Yeah, grief is simple. You know how to feel. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about... Uh, Acknowledging uh, in, a, in a visceral heart level that it's not the next thing that's going to get you. Right. And then so just experiencing the moment, not just being like, okay, I'm in the moment, I'm not thinking, but really just trying to go, this is it, baby. Yeah. Really seeing it. This is it. And there's nowhere else to get to. Right. You know, like I think, I think, you know, because we're in show business, right? It would be interesting if you could literally do some sort of scientific experiment on the people who won the awards, the people who didn't win the awards, yeah. and the people who weren't nominated for the awards, and just figure out, what was their Tuesday morning like? Yeah. What, what was the spike of, how, how euphoric were the winners? Yep. How depressed were the non-winners? How, what kind of equilibrium did the non-nominated but should have been nominated people right, have? Right, right. And just to see, to kind of explode the lie, and I have to tell myself this, because I still think, like, you know, be great as a couple Oscars. You yeah. know, you know what make me real happy. Yeah, is X Y Z, and it just I know I I know that it won't. Yeah, but I do know I had a, a bir- I, my fortieth birthday party. I had like I don't know forty or fifty people over to my house. I had a musician who's terrific. His name's Sleeping at Last. His name's Ryan, but he records a Sleeping at Last. He he was in town. He played with my friends who were 
amazing musicians. There were all these people gathered in my not very big living room, but it was the coziest, most lovely, warmest feeling. Everyone brought food. It was just that feeling of like everyone's having a great time, you know. Yeah. I was like always not in stress. It hits you like it was everyone doing it. I'm doing it. The yeah. party came off without a hitch. Yeah. And, and my friend Krista pulled me aside at a particularly sweet moment, yeah. and she said, "Look, this is success. Mm. This is success." You know, and I realized like, yeah, good friends. My sister was there. People I love. Yep. Everyone's being nourished by everyone else, and I thought like. I keep thinking something, I need something from the world to, to right. mirror itself back right. to me and say, you're terrific, yeah. you're smart, we love you. And it's like, no, because that only creates more hunger for it. You're That's like, right. they told me they love me yesterday, Where's it's today. Right, right, you know, right. It's, it's endless. It's Will Smith God. Yeah. Take yeah. pictures of me today. It's endless. And that's actually interesting that, that that God is in that trap as well. He's like, yeah. why aren't they praising me today? Yes. When, how could this thing be like us in, in I know. We, we, we're, we created him in our image. <laughs> oh, oh, really, really. You are killing it. <laughs> Chili's. <laughs> Well, I've said it many times, but I love it. It's the the Chinese proverb. They talk about heaven. Uh, the guy goes to hell, and everybody has pool cues for chopsticks, and they're at this Oh, yeah. I love this table. story. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't feed it themselves. Right. And then he goes to heaven. It's this exact same banquet, same chopsticks, like yeah. pool cues, but they're feeding each other. Yeah. And we know this. Yeah. We know it's about equilibrium yeah. and it's about balance and, and service like you said feeding each other yeah and service rob bell has this great thing he's like service doesn't have to be something you hate <laughs> <laughs> right. right right isn't that great he's like whenever we hear service we're like oh yeah we gotta go feed the homeless at 5 a.m uh, to quote jim gavigan he's like i'm pretty sure they're still homeless in the afternoon <laughs> like right. why can't we feed them then right but it's like uh Service can be, like you said, uh, basic kindness. Yeah. It can be, it can be, it can even be something like your TV show or whatever it was. There's elements. I, I, I think also staring at the tree is a form of service. To the I, tree? No, it's, a, it's, you're, you're honoring nature. You're being present. You're right. not, you're, you're not creating toxicity in the environment. You're yeah. actually, you're actually doing something to calm your own nervous system. And in that state, you can be of more service. That's true. You know? And that's the crazy thing. That, that's very interesting. After you meditate or, or something, you, you're just in that place. Sometimes I'm grumpy after I meditate. I don't know why. But sometimes you're in that place where you can just take in more and hear more and heal more. And it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So what do you think? You were raised uh, traditional, really super Jewish. Yeah, my parents weren't really religious, but they sent us, my sisters and I, to this Orthodox Hebrew Day school. It was almost like going to Catholic school when you weren't super religious, yeah. but you went, yeah. I went to and a Quaker school in my That was till high school. I went to a public high school, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Where'd so, you grow up? Lexington, Mass. Okay. Where did you grow up? Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Oh, and your movie, you go back to Ohio. Uh, well, my college was in Ohio, and we shot it at Which, which college? college? Kenyon. Kenyon. Kenyon College. I don't know why I haven't heard of that. If um, it's quite a good school. I believe it. Did you really love college? Your character I loved did. college. I did. I mean, I you know, I spiked it up a little bit. I had a hard time getting over college. I had a hard time getting over like, wait, where's the meal plan? And where's every? Where's bumping into everyone all the time? Right. Y- you know, where's my Buddy, professor that I love? This is the longing for summer camp. I don't know oh, yeah. why. Going back to success, this whole talk has been about success and, and what your friend. What did your? What was your friend's name? Which the one that goes this is success. Oh, Krista. Krista. Yeah. So we think success is uh, we hoard all this money we don't need. Yeah. We're well past the number of mo- money that we need. Yeah. And then we uh, 
create the next thing that we need, meaning like a house in a gated community. Right. So we can, and I have friends in houses in gated communities and I've been to their house and it's sad. Yeah. And you sit in uh, man dens and, and uh, smoke cigars or whatever it is we're supposed to do on the top of the hill. When we know, we know college being surrounded, yeah. twin bed with a terrible mattress. Yeah, yeah. a terrible mattress yeah. that has every plague from the previous person. <laughs> yeah, but that, this is summer camp. It's like, why was summer camp so joyful? Why do I still uh, hypothesize that at some point Val and I will get some sort of farm and we'll somehow convince our friends to live there right. too? And we have to have rules about not necessarily fucking each other. I mean, it's optional. <laughs> but I mean, like, we don't want to do go the way of they always go, which is jealousy and hatred, and then we start buying guns. But it's the idea of, like, why can't we live like summer camp? Yeah. The kibbutz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't we live like I, I, I have I have some of those fantasies. And, and also, like... Um, I almost sometimes want. I, I I actually have a pretty modest house, and I and I try to get rid of stuff on a regular basis. Yeah. But I sometimes. My, my friend Brian said to me, he goes, he goes. I feel like you're going to be that friend who gives away all his stuff in five years. And he goes, will you, will you let me know because I got my eye on some things. Ah, you know? that's great. And uh, can I have your Roomba? <laughs> and uh, and I I feel like I almost want someone to be like, you don't need any of this. Mm. Like really tell me, like you don't need any of this. Yeah. Like like you can really shed even more. Yeah. And. Uh, but it's hard. We're in a society that, like, you know, every billboard or advertisement is like it's brutalizing. It's like yeah. it's like be unhappy until you have this. Right. Be unhappy until you have this. You, right. you know, you have to you have to be a real Jedi to like kind of walk through it and not get slimed by it. I know. You know what I mean? I just saw an ad for a thing you put on your shower head that makes the water blue or yellow. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it honestly, as I'm talking about it, it's breaking my heart to think that like this piece of crap. Made in some terrible factory. Yeah, it's going to end up acidifying our oceans. Uh, of course, you know, and it's going to. And they go like, kids don't want to take a shower because it's boring. <laughs> right. They're just lying to you, right? Straight up. But I, if it looks like urine, they'll yeah. lie. <laughs> plant the seed of a fetish in your child. <laughs> I, I don't want one dick peeing on me. I want fifteen dicks now with golden shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it smells like ammonia. Uh, I, it just breaks my heart. I, I, I think about the Native Americans, another big Joey Cam's thing, yeah. living on the plane and what they were doing with the country and what we've proceeded to then do. What we, and, and it all does look like progress to the ego. It's like, but the heart, the, the, we're, so, we're upset with the rational mind is thriving. Yeah. And it's a terrible master. It's a ter- it's terrible. supposed to be the servant. Yep, yep, yep. And the heart is starving and 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 uh, not always starving. I, I feel pretty good most of the time. But you know. But you know indigenous societies they they call us the younger brother and they know that that we're the teenager. You know, that's part of the prophecy. Wait, where? What? Know? Like indigenous societies like like Native Americans yeah. or, or in the South America. Um and there's this well, there's this prophecy, and it ha- kind of has two meanings. It's called the eagle and the condor. I don't know if you've heard of this, but Please. it's a, the north and the south coming together, and also the indigenous and the modern world kind of coming together. And, you mm-hmm. know, that that they've been these kind of uh, gatekeepers, right? I've spent some time in Peru with the Caros people, who are these descendants of the Incas. There's only like 1,200 of them left, but they're phenomenal, astonishing people. They live in the mountains. No way. And, um, you know, there's this idea that they've been uh, holding this kind of sacred flame, you know that 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 they're the ones who've stayed connected to to you know Pachamama, which is the earth, and that they've kept these rituals alive, which actually uh, affect nature. And that at a certain point, we're going to be like, uh, oh, we need shit. to talk to yeah. you. Can yeah. we talk? Like, yeah. what do you guys know? We realize that we're uh, 
like the the child star who started doing coke. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we, we have to turn ourselves in at some point. And be like, yeah. I need help. We have to turn ourselves. Uh, that's in. That's what it feels like. And right? that's when the eagle comes back to the. Condor. Yeah, that's it's kind of a reu- reunion, you know. Where how did you hang out with those people? Um, Hotwire. Yeah, it was an Airbnb. Just, yeah. <laughs> Air Hut and Hut. Yeah, um, we can do better than Hut and Hut. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have uh, I have a teacher, and, and he's Peruvian, and, and he has a relationship with these people. And wow, we we have this uh, organization that that helps fund them and um, these monks at a Tibetan monastery in India called the Garden Shatse Monastery. No way. So do you yeah, go there just, too? I've met these monks, but I'm I'm going to India, and I'm actually. Um, directing a movie in India in the next year probably um, so I'll, I'll, I'll swing by I'm oh, not wow. sure exactly where they are it's can a big country can you pop by do you have to call do you have to ahead? pop by I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah what are visiting hours well monastery? you just say like now is the only time I yeah come. but you know it's astonishing there's this woman Donya Maria she's 88 she's, she's one of the last living like high priestesses of, of she's actually the last living high high priest mm. and she uh, she did this ceremony with me called a dis- despacho. It sounds like gazpacho, but it's despacho with a D. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's this thing where they, they, they just have all these objects that you blow on and they bless and the coca leaves and they bind it up. And they, it takes a while. And she was doing this with me and I, I was just watching her. And I, sp- I got to spend two weeks just kind of around her. And it was like watching a woman who was so unhooked from the modern neurotic pattern. Mm. Like she just... She she also only speaks Quechuan. Like she can't even speak Spanish. So like she couldn't understand anything being said. Yeah, yeah. And you look at her and she smiles or she'll dance or she'll <laughs> chew on some coca leaves or she'll do a ceremony for you and she's unhurried. She just like takes her cue from the the, the nature. Yeah, like, she hears the rhythm. And and to spend time with a, a person like that really um gives uh puts your own life and your own uh you know uh urgency and and always getting to the next thing mm. it just puts it in perspective and you almost feel a little silly like where am i trying to get to mm. like what am i doing and I, being around her was intensely calming hmm. yeah you hear those stories about those incredibly whatever you want to call it transcendent people or whatever that you're just kind of like in their kind of orbit yeah and you're like oh yeah, okay. there's a story. There's a great story about Neem Karoli Baba, who was uh, Ram Dass's teacher, yeah. and and, uh, and and there's a really interesting thing. That, um, he was this Indian guru, and Steve Jobs went to him for a couple months when oh, he was traveling. He when he dropped out of school, and uh, Neem Karoli Baba used to throw apples at people, like like as a, a darshan, it's a blessing. He would throw yeah. you an apple. Yeah. And there's this theory that Steve Jobs got the apple from this guy. Like this is his idea. You know, he called his company <laughs> Apple after this thing. Uh, but the, there's something that someone says about being around Neem Karoli Baba. It wasn't that, um, it wasn't that you, uh, it wasn't that he loved everyone in the world. It was that when you were around him, you loved everyone in the world. Right, like there right, was right. something about his magnanimous loving quality right. that just, you, you, you just got it. It was contagious somehow. That, that, the quote was in Fierce Grace. Did you watch Fierce Grace? Yeah, I loved that. I weep every time. The 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 letter to, that he wrote to those parents is well. That's wh- weep number one. That's that's it. Yeah. And then the weep number two. Do you know? I, I, oh, sorry. Go, what is it? Is when he's he's talking counseling. I guess you'd call. It. He's really just listening, compassionate listening. He's uh, listening to the woman who lost her boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she talks about the dream she had. Yeah. And then Ramdas cries. Yeah. And if you don't cry at how. Like we all cry, like we've learned how to cry from Melrose Place or something. You know, it's <laughs> that like, is where we learn. You pinch your nose and yeah. and you repress it, and like this this man like howls this 
beautiful. It's just. It, it'll make Can me I make you a little jealous? It. Yeah. I got to sit with Ramdas for three hours in Maui a couple years ago. No way. And he saw he when liberal arts was there. I have a friend who's a kirtan singer. You and he's, got- he You're said, friends with Krishna Das? No, well, I, I, I met him, but my friend David Newman, who who or he, he's Durga Das is his name, but he said you're going to Maui, you should meet with with Ram Das, and he set it up. So oh wow, my so you didn't go to time, his retreat, you just went to his house. I went to his house. Oh my god. Well, I saw him the night of the movie, and he came and saw it. He was so lovely, and then I went to his house with my girlfriend at the time, and we he got to saw sit with the him. movie. He saw the movie. He, he liked the movie. He, he should did. have taken a picture of him watching the movie the way he has a picture of Neem Karoli Baba reading Be Here <laughs> right, Now. Exactly. Put it on the box. Exactly. But uh, he said this amazing thing that I'll never forget. He's, you know, he's incapacitated, right? He's got yeah. half, half his body is, is incapacitated from the stroke. And he still has this glint in his eye, like this childish like gleam. And he said, um, he said, you know, the stroke has been so wonderful. That's what he said to me. Because yeah. he, he was working on a book about aging. Yeah. And he had a stroke. And he's like, I didn't know anything about aging until I had yeah, the stroke, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then he's been sitting, you know, he said, the stroke's been so wonderful because it taught me I'm really not my body. The stroke happened to my body. It didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I needed the stroke to learn that I'm not my body. And I was like, that is other level. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that, that's grace. That is grace. Yeah. Because he tells that story in Fierce Grace, which I believe is on Netflix. I think it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. They're always sneaky like that. Yeah. Then, he, then I buy it. You bastards. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, he talks about almost dying. And I don't think it might have been the stroke. Yeah. And he's dying and he goes, here I am, Mr. Spiritual. And I didn't have one spiritual thought. And I was just terrified of dying. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, so I still have work to do. So isn't it interesting that, you know, he has this thing. And that's the Joey Camps quote. Can't say it enough. It's like when you start to identify with the light instead of the bulb. And that's really, really tricky but he talks about like he talks about monks and Tibetans and all this stuff that spend their entire lives with the awareness that you could die at any moment. This right. is the, the, so why not live like you could die any moment? So you want to be present in your death, yeah, and you don't want to panic in your death. So always be present and never panic, right? So because you never know when it might come. No, de- like death training is is a real thing, yeah. And and it's also our another thing that our culture is entirely aligned around is this denial of death, right? You know that that. No, 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 no. We're going to be here. Or even science is like, we can live forever. And right. It's like, why, like, why do we want that? Right, right, like, right. Like, it's because we, we are so identified with this. Right. The, the form and the body and, right. you know, an ego and the bag of flesh, which is what something that Alan Watts says. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah. it's hard to do. It, and it is something that I try and do. I have this thing on my hand that's like a little uh, trigger. Like it's going to, when I'm old, hopefully, or maybe in a year start pulling this ring finger on my right hand in mm-hmm. something I got. My mom has it too, mm-hmm. but she, her showed up when she was like 73. What the fuck is this thing doing here? <laughs> right. So like I have this little thing on my hand and I'm just kind of like, I've actually had weirdos fans of the podcast come up doctors and diagnose it with me. They're like, oh, yeah, right. I think it's this. Cause I, I, it's not fully diagnosed, but it might be something called Dup, Dupton's contractor. Anyway. So this is me going like, okay, what is this? I'm not one of those. Everything happens for a reason people, but I am like, everything happens give it a reason. Like what, what is this right. teaching me? What, I think my dog teaches me a lot about loving something that I don't think even understands that you're loving it or like how much power you have over it. Right. Uh, you know, so the dog is teaching me and I'm like, what is the hand teaching me? And I'm like, well, I think I'm starting to get that practice of like, do you really think that's your hand? I know it is my hand. Right. But is it, is it you? Right. Right. Because like, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. The thing that that really, uh, or where my hand is, the thing that really trips me out is 
this is the only moment, this moment that we're having right now. Right. It's the only moment. And the people listening, this is your only moment. This is the only real thing. And when you die, that'll be the only thing that's happening in that moment. Like right. you'll be present in that moment right. too. Right. In fact, you're kind of forced into presence. That's why all these cancer patients and people that get death sentences – tend to become very present people. Yeah. And th- that Ram Dass talks about getting a crash course in all of these mystical things without words yeah. because you just start to become, I always tell the story, but I, I heard that Tim Leary when he was dying would cry when he saw an ant crawling on the floor because he was just marveling at the consciousness that was in him being in an ant. Right, Not right. the intelligence that was in him, but just the awareness. And uh, I don't know where I got with that, but you know we're all dying, and my hand is fucked. And uh... <laughs> well, you're talking about not not identifying with your hand. It's that, tricky, it's not like your hand. And then th- I guess the thing that is is interesting is that it doesn't. It's not something that you can just say. Joey Cams has this great quote about like you start looking at your body as falling away pieces of an old car. Yeah, you're just like, and I'm going. It's on its way out. Body. It's decaying. Like it's uh, you know what I mean, and and we can deny that and watch another season of a show we've already seen, right? Or we can realize that we're in the game that ends because the game that ends is more compelling than the game that doesn't end, right? But it's also it's counterintuitive because the more you um, meditate in a healthy way on your own demise and your own deterioration, the happier you are, the more life you get. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's actually a deni- to to say that there is no death or plug our ears and go blah, 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 blah. Right. like it's actually a denial of all the good stuff we want That's right. anyway. That's right. You know, we say it all the time on the show, but it's like chocolate tastes good because you know you're gonna die. <laughs> like it, it goes back to Alan Watson, the two circles in the sky in the in the perfect blackness. It's like you need to have that thing. You need it. I need it. The older I get, the more I'm like, I I want to sit in a graveyard. I I want right. to be there when you know, or to bear witness to someone else's death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm kind of like. Yeah, I I also find that I get very liberated by. I believe in return. I believe we do this a lot until we stop, until we wake up, (laughs) you know? So I remember a friend of mine said, I was really nervous about something. It was was something like I had to make a call or something that, you know, oh, I don't want to do this. And he said, do you have any idea how many times you've been born and died? Hmm. Like, do you have any idea how many violent deaths you've probably had or or how many harrowing births you've lived through? He's like, this is nothing. Yeah. This is nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like to take the larger and the other the other reason I think reincarnation is actually a fascinating thing to think about is like when it it mitigates against your own selfishness collectively, right? So you think, um, well, who cares about the planet? I'm going to be dead in 50 years yeah. or whatever. And it's like, no, you're not. Right. You're, you're being born into the Mad Max time. <laughs> like, like, what if that? Just as a thought experiment, right? Like, you're coming back to Mad Max. That guy is going to be in charge of everything. Well, There's going to be no water. Right. Like, really? You're only fucking yourself. You really are. You only really a- are. But this is what Jesus is saying when he's saying, and when you feed the homeless person, you're feeding me. Yeah. And he means you're feeding you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're feeding everybody. Like, it's this one thing. And again, Ram, I love Ram Dass. I love that you got to spend that time with him uh, and brought him up. But Ram Dass talks about the people that either through LSD or through intense meditation or some people fast, they get to the point of uh, the point of light where, they're, they, where they see that the world is a solid thing. Yeah. Where they stop seeing any separation and it's just one thing. Uh, kind of like a whirlpool. He's like... The tub is always kind of contained. Mm-hmm. That makes it this thing. but the, And the water's moving, but it's also all just staying there. And uh, and he's like, when you kind of get that into your head, you know, that's that's where true kindness, kindness 
Uh, Actually, maybe it's even less true. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being nice to you because I'm being nice to me or whatever. I don't know. I can't really have my brain. But I I always feel like even if a kindness has an agenda, I still prefer it to cruelty. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if you're being nice to me for, like, I I don't be mean. Right. You know? I just think it's interesting whenever we catch somebody, um, his name was Steve, right? The guy from the league that lied about 9-11. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's very interesting how we treat liars and thieves and cheaters. And we often will make a pariah out of them. Yeah. And it's very cathartic for us. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about his specific issue. I'd honestly rather not make it a specific thing. Yeah. But whatever it is, if it's the idiot, you yeah. want to shame the idiot. Yeah. If it's the whore, all these archetypes. But I, yeah, I always think, though, that sometimes famous people are cosmically elected to show us things. Mm. Like, like Mel Gibson showed us anger or, or you know, alcoholism. <laughs> Thanks, or what, yeah, whatever he's doing. Or yeah. Charlie Sheen shows us what he's showing us. Yeah. And rather than going distancing ourselves, just go, they're just the most dramatic, visible example of, of something that's me. That's what, you know? that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, there's this Thomas Merton quote I love. You read Thomas Merton, no. Seven Story Mountain. But he has, um, he's a Trappist monk, hmm. a really interesting writer. But he says... Uh, I think you should host this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's why I wanted to talk to you. I'm like, I like everything. Yeah, you, but you're so much more qualified. <laughs> All I can tell myself is, is you're a little bit older than me. I'm like, maybe I can catch up. Oh, these last five years have been incredible for me getting quotes. Um, but he said, uh, you know, hate war, hate injustice, hate greed, but don't hate them in someone else. Hate yeah. them in yourself. Yeah, yeah You yeah. know, and I, I always try to think like, okay, I want to hate this person. What about that is in me? Well, what about that is in me? It's in me. But that's the thing. Why do we get so... Like, pe- people that came to Steve's defense were like, he didn't hurt anybody. Right. That's true. But uh, he hurt us because we go, wait, I'm full of shit sometimes, too. And we do not like being reminded of that. We don't like being reminded that we... I am Donald Trump. You know what yeah. I mean? Or we have crafted a narrative <laughs> that is uh, that flattering to us that is probably full That's of half-truths right. and right. misrepresentations. And we push away and we say, I'm not Donald Trump and I'm not Steve and I yeah. don't lie about 9-11. Yeah. And it's like, yes, you do. You're ignorant yeah. and you're cr- cruel to women. Yeah. And you, uh, maybe even with you're your friends a, you're watching a caller the and debates, you're, a, you're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, she does look like a stupid yeah, face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. then you see the guy that is that thing and it's the whipping boy. All, it's the witch trials. It's whatever yeah. metaphor you yeah. want. It's just like it feels so good to attack them because we don't want to uh, attack ourselves. But I might, I might say like it's unfortunate he did that, which I do think it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. At the same time, I'm not going to be one of the people with the stones and the pitchforks calling for his head. You know when what I mean? When is that a good group to be in? It's. It seems to be. There's a. There's always an angry mob on the old internet. You know, know. they're so angry. And it's almost like we've we've gotten used to it. Like we mainline it now, and and I've actually gotten in a pretty bad habit of looking at my Facebook feed because it does. Unfortunately, I know who Kim Davis is because of all the people right, that hate right, Kim Davis. Right. But it is kind of an ugly way to look at the world. It, it, again, it's, it's, it's all head, no heart. Through the filter of other people's angry opinions. Yeah, so you're just – I limit it to, you know, just when I'm shitting in the morning or something. You know what I mean? So it's not like a long time. But I'm like – and I do catch myself – it's part of my job. Like I, I found out Jared and the kids and yeah. I'm doing a comedy show and a guy in the front row told me he – met his girlfriend when she was 16 and I was like 
did you meet at a subway? You know what I mean? Like, it's important for me to be able yeah, to make. Yeah. It was a weird situation. Yeah. But I also kind of uh, hate being in the headspace like that. I know, I know. It's, 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 a, it's a thing, even about like watching television, which I basically don't do. Yeah. I feel like I should. Like, yeah. I should kind of know what's going on. Right. And what's, what's, you know, it, it, it's, it's weird because I, 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 I'm very sensitive to things that I think, like I said, are like assaultive. Yeah. You know? Like shitty pop music was mine. Yeah. But also billboards. It's crazy. Culture shock. I'm sure when you come back from, where do you go? Machu Picchu? I've been to Peru. Yeah, Peru. I was just in Peru this summer. You yeah. come back from Peru. Yeah. I'm sure the sound, even of my voice, the way that I talk on this podcast is like, what is this guy's fucking hurry? Yeah. Why does he keep yelling, get the fuck out of my face? You know what I mean? Yeah. It is a song. And like, I went to uh, Venezuela and I went to the jungle. And when I came back, I couldn't believe television. I just couldn't. No, no you can't believe it. It's I like this collective madness that we've all agreed is okay. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. window to insist. Like, yeah. at least just treat yourself to an Apple TV or a Roku oh, or something. Oh, yeah, you got to just watch the shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watch the shows and watch the TED Talks or whatever the it is. Commercial, the sound of commercials, the sound I of that. I can't do it. Trying to sell you And stuff. I know it's funny because you and I have both been on TV that sells commercials. Yeah. But, like, I go home and my dad, you know, he's kind of hard of hearing, so he bl- he's blasting the TV. And, like, I was just trying to write something in my calendar on my phone. And I could hear, like, new Wendy's cheddar melons into bigger and better <laughs> on the flavor. Oh! Yeah. yeah. And I had to go in the basement. Yeah. I went in the ba- – I'm a grown man, and the only thing I had – and, like, once you're in it and you're really up to your eyeballs, as Ram Dass would say, you're up to your eyeballs in this stuff – uh, you, it's hard to explain to somebody. I don't think this is, I, it's not shitting on anybody, but there's somebody in my family that I was like, look, mom and dad, they, this, uh, you know, these people, but we, we're young people. We should watch. Yeah. I know technology a little bit better. Use the Roku or whatever it is. Uh, and they were like, I like commercials. Like you didn't, you didn't even like, know. like it's when you stop drinking soda and then you come back and you sip because you need to take an Advil. Oh, and you're like, I can't believe this is all the sugar. I, I was like, I couldn't believe that's what I was drinking. I know, I know. And that's what it is coming back from uh, the jungle. And, you know, Ramdas himself talks about, like, what is it that impedes his flow to the divine and, and, and to the connection of the universe or whatever you want to call it. And he was like, well, cities don't help. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And this is why I'm sitting in, a, in the yard looking at a tree. I'm like, we're, 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 we're going crazy. It's too many bacon cheddar melts. <laughs> yeah. Floating and I, 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 I struggle with it because I don't want to be, I don't want to put myself in opposition to the world. You, mm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like, oh, this is a, such a wasteland. But it's, it's still, it, it's a wasteland. And I feel like yeah. you got to acknowledge that so you at least, um, you know, what I'm trying to do is like, I'm trying to put out good things. And I'm also trying to, you know, have my life be a bit of a, you know, sonar device to mm-hmm. kind of attract the people. You know, that's why I like wrote you a little fan letter. I was just yeah. like, I like what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. y- you know, and we don't know each other, but why don't we? The beacon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Putting the and, beacon. I, and I met a lot of people. I've actually met some really nice people through Twitter, actually, which is my only online presence. Mm. Um, and like I ran it, I had such a weird thing. I ran into Patton Oswald at a restaurant last night. We were the only two people in the restaurant. He was with his daughter. Wow. But we were just there. And was I, there a rat cooking in the mess? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I went, I went up and introduced myself and, um, we just had a nice little conversation. Yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, he's, um, I got to tell him how much I love that piece he wrote on the, bo- after the Boston 
bombing. Mm. He wrote this fantastic uh, piece that I was really moved by. And it was so nice to just like reach out to someone you didn't know, but have admired. And I just like making those connections that you feel like, I feel like we we're on the same frequency. Like we might hear the same stuff, you know, whatever dog whistle only we can hear. Yep. And I like, I, 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 that makes the world feel less lonely. Well, that's what Terrence, uh, Terrence McKenna says, find the others. That's his whole thing. I'm a big McKenna fan. Are you really? Huge. You know, have you read, uh, true hallucinations? Yeah. Okay. We're just going to talk like it's not a show right now. Okay, okay. I read the first third. I I burned through the first third. Yeah. Then his brother starts really going nuts. Right. And I even heard McKenna talk about the book. And he's like, you might want to... He says in the book, you yeah. might want to skim over some of these writings of my brother, his brother Dennis. Right. And uh, I, so I skimmed him because I, I was like, no, I'll read him. And then I was like, I'll be skimming this. This is nuts. Not yeah. nuts bad, yeah. but just hard to follow. Yeah. And I can't... I was loving it. Does it get better? I read it a long time okay, ago, sorry. so I don't know. I don't remember. You finished I, it though, I, did I? Yeah. Is the question? I know I read that one, and I read Archaic Revival. Uh huh. I haven't. Which read is that. interesting. I, my favorite is his like YouTube clips. Do you ever just listen to him? No, that's like all I do. Oh my god. <laughs> have, you ever, <laughs> have you ever heard? My favorite is it's called Why Aren't You in Jail. No. Okay, so so the guy asked him a question. He says, um, I just have a question. He said, um, why why aren't you in jail? The, the implication being like, all you do is promote us doing this yeah. illegal yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. And he said, um, you know, it's an interesting question. I've thought of this a lot. And my uh, the, the first thing I can say is that I, I only use very big words. He said, I, I, I don't reduce my, uh, I don't reduce it to slogans like tune in to, you know, whatever, say, drop out. Drop he in. said, I also never let my, I never let my crowds get over a thousand. He said, once you start um, uh, speaking to stadiums, they start paying attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> Good McKenna. Yeah. And then he said, he goes, my other thought, and he goes, I love this phrase. He goes, I only say this in the interest of exhaustive thrownness. Ah. <laughs> As he said, I what it, and he said. My other thought is there, and it's kind of like the indigenous thing. He said they're thinking maybe this guy knows something, and we're going to let him keep talking. We'll let him go in the event that we crash into the iceberg, and we need to we need uh, to talk to him. Like, like the maybe, condor and the eagle, exactly. Like maybe he knew something. That um, guy will give you the chilies. Yes, and some of it is like. I didn't follow that. Yeah. Or, but some of it is like, I've never heard anything truer in my life. Right, right, like, right. like, I really think he's... I really think he gets... Uh, you no, know, that's not really true. I worry that he gets reduced into a guy that's telling us to smoke DMT. Right. And I don't smoke DMT. And I don't do mushrooms that often. Not for lack of wanting to. It's, it's, it's just, where do you get them? Well, now? I actually... I almost always have them. Yeah. I, maybe I shouldn't say that, yeah. but that's true. I always almost always have them. But... uh because I always want to be like, but then they'll sit the around option. for years. Yeah, I just want the option. But because uh, once you find somebody that has them, but then uh, I don't think he's just a guy telling us to do these things. I think he's a guy trying to help us. Uh, his, his whole thing is personal experience. Yeah, and these have become my passions too. When I try and think about these things, personal experience, someone else's narrative. Yeah, someone else's awakening. Yeah, it's not someone yours. else's it's... understanding of quantum physics doesn't mean shit yeah. to you. What is that? He goes. It's a great mechanic. What he goes. We all operate under the assumption that someone somewhere understands the mechanics of quantum physics. 
of what value is that to you? Right. Apart from, I understand your phone or flying on a plane, but it's like, those aren't quantum physics things, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, it's all about you. And I really believe that it is. It's your, it's like going back to what Gandhi said, you need to wake up. You need to do it. All these people singing songs about Jesus uh, ascending yeah. and transcending yeah. or, or whoever, whatever you pick your deity. Yeah. I think it's completely missing the point. Right. And it was supposed to, if, if these stories are to do anything, it's to inspire you to go and do likewise. 100%. And for me, he was always saying, be the protagonist. Mm. Don't be the witness. Be the protagonist. Put yeah. your, these substances will put you in the desert right. with, the, with the, the devil. These protagonists will put you under the Bodhi tree with that's Mara right. throwing all illusion at you. That's right. Y- you know? That's right. And, and, and that's something we're so afraid of. Like, I always felt in, you know, Hebrew school or even the church I've been to, it's always like, you're just gonna have to trust us. That's right. This happened to these guys a long time ago and this is what we're now supposed to do. It's do X, Y, you know, do ABC, just do this. Shh, 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 Yeah. Don't ask any questions. And, you know, to get to the kind of holy heart of the thing, you really do have to step into the thing. Yep. You know, they, there's a saying, I think, about, like, psychedelics said something like, if you want to take it seriously, you have to take it. Yeah. You know, you can't do an academic study of it without kind of putting yourself in It's the in ultimate, the I can't describe what a strawberry tastes like. To exactly. You. Uh, and it, it really is a guaranteed religious experience. And he's like, he, McKenna has that great quote where he talks about, like, people are so delicate about their truth. He's like, uh, oh shit! Like you said, shoot, 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 shoot. like, yeah. don't don't rock the boat, don't rock the boat. And he's like, he has this scientific approach. He's like, no, if it's true, we should be able to stomp stomp our feet around it and, <laughs> yeah. and shake the walls. And yeah. he's like, and the, and he, and he, you know, he's very funny about. He's always saying five dried grams of mushrooms in a dark room, but he's like. I've done the I've done the research. I've gone to the caves and yeah. sat with the gurus, and there's nothing that comes close to five dried grams of mushrooms in a dark room. <laughs> yeah, and to have the guy that's just like, no, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the. But then, like again, because I'm always turning Rob on to Tr- Terrence, and he loves to, what I send him. Yeah, I sent one clip to Rob Bell, which was about the Big Bang, and he was like. It's just so funny to hear a guy who's not religious, you know what I mean? He's anti-establishment in every way. Yeah. But he's just like, here's science saying we want one free miracle. He's like, we'll explain everything if you let us have one free miracle, which is everything came out of nothing for no reason. <laughs> right, right. And oh, it, that's such a good way to think of it. Crazy? I hadn't heard that. And he just goes, it's, I believe it's called, just t- type in Terrence McKenna, Big Bang. And he, and he goes on and on about... Uh, about how you you'd be hard pressed to come up with a with a scenario that's less probable than nothing exploded into everything. I know it makes no sense, but no one's saying that. So yeah. here comes Terrence McKenna, and he's yeah. just like he flips off the church, he yeah. flips off science, yeah. he flips off anything that you can't pass through you, right? And that's why he loves psychedelics, right? And that's why he wants you to come into that. He also space. had there's a great quote I just stumbled across of his that says. Um, he says, you don't want to be so open-minded that the wind whistles through your ears. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's still like, oh, and his other great thing I love is he said, when we go into the psychedelic state, we're not looking for, we're, we're fishermen on the high seas of consciousness. Yeah. And we're not looking for uh, behemoth fish that will sink our, you know, drown our boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not looking for little teeny fish that are like, do you know your uh, pinky finger fits perfectly inside your nostril? Yeah, like, that doesn't crazy? help us, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, we're looking for middle-sized fish. Like usable ideas that we can take back to the shore and feed the folks yeah, with some yeah. dinner. 
Yeah, you yeah, know? that's great. Yeah. And he also talks about balancing out psychedelics as a way to balance out compassion and patience and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because if you don't, he's like, if you don't counteract all the Wendy's commercials right. with psychedelics, you start becoming the guy that goes, uh, you know. I like Wendy's or whatever. The right, fuck. right. I don't know. He also talked about you're allowed up, to like, like Wendy's if you like upgrading Wendy's. your vocabulary. Like he thought it made you more articulate. Mm. You know, and he also and talks he, about the mushrooms teaching him how to speak. He was like, before he started taking psychedelics, he was like, he was like one of the most boring people. No one ever wanted to listen <laughs> to him. And then he got all these like lessons from going to this other place. He also said that they said the key to saving the earth was that everybody should have only one child. Wow. Have you heard that? No. He was like, because he would go in. So this isn't a guy taking these at a fish concert. Right. This is a guy taking them in the dark oh, room. Oh, ceremonially, and for five, sure. And five yeah. grams is a shit ton. It's, yeah, it's like, heroic I, dose. I would say, what he called it? Yeah. I would say way too much. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. I'm terrified of that. But he would take it, and then he would go in with intentions. Like, he would be like, I'm going to ask it, how do we save the world? Right. And it answered. It said everyone should have only one kid. Right. And then he started crunching the numbers. And, of course, that's a very offensive idea to our American liberty. But he was like, if you look at the overpopulation and the spread, it's kind of like the only solution. This is why – this is what he says. I'm not here to advocate that. Right. The main thing that McKenna does for me is uh, he, he reminds us that no one knows what's going on. Right. And I don't think you can hear that message enough, and we almost never hear it. Right. The religious people are saying, we know what goes on. Yep. The science Scientists. is saying, we know what goes on. Yep. And he just goes, it's conjecture and rumor. You can be certain. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, just to hear a guy that says, what do you think it is? Right. Not that you might convert and amass power. Yeah. But he goes like, what do you feel when you stare at a waterfall? Or, and he has all this, this flowery language. He's like uh, a storm-beaten seashore. Yeah. And he's just like, what happens when you're quiet? And what happens when you take psychedelics? What, what happens when you make love? And you're just like, this motherfucker is tearing shit yeah. up. And the, and the crowd, the chills you get when you're listening to it. And God help you if someone puts a nice beat under it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, the YouTube always, video with the rainbowy yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, graphics. I, I have to put it. I just listen to the audio. Yeah, I won't lo- because I find the images to be distracting. But there's something also about his the way he articulates things that is so startlingly strange. Yeah, that it almost it throws you off balance. So you're hearing, you're listening a little sharper because yeah, like, he's not speaking like anyone else. The tone of his voice is totally odd. Yeah, but also his phrasing. I know his, he's like an alien. Yeah, yeah. He and he kind of. No, I'm not putting him down. I'm not roasting a dead philosopher yeah. but he kind of looks out of this world too you yeah. know he's got like a he looks like a guy who might have dysentery did you hear also <laughs> I think it came out like Dennis admitted that he hadn't had a mushroom trip since like the early 90s or late 80s McKenna had yeah 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 he, he went around and talked about it but he had a he had a trip that scared him so bad he never did them again and he only smoked pot. He was a big pot guy, and he lived in Hawaii. I have a habit for sure. <laughs> That's something he said. He yeah. Talk, yeah. He, because he says the way to smoke pot is, which happens to be the way I smoke pot, except for part of the – you'll see the part that I don't do. He goes, don't smoke it for like a month and then smoke a shit ton of it. <laughs> right. Because it's supposed to be like a hallucinogen. It's supposed to be – Similar. It's not supposed to make Dave Matthews sound all that sweeter, right? It's supposed to be this thing. Well, every every drug, yeah, is a sacred plant. 
right. that we've turned into a drug by abusing it. The coca right. leaf, even ca- ca- did co- you do coca? coffee? Chewed on it. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I would. Um, that would be the first thing I would do. I know it. It's, it's it helps we... with altitude and stuff, but you don't yeah. you don't get like a kick. From no, it, I know, really. but yeah. I, I David Wolf, the, one of the weirdest in the good way guys that I've had on the podcast, gave me. Is he coca. the raw? Uh, food yeah, the guy. right. Yeah, he gave me coca chocolate, and it, it, yeah. it was. Great. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a fan. But you know, tobacco, even wine is ceremonial. Yeah. Um, marijuana, all these things are like sacred and they're, they're, they're meant to be used with high, great intention. Yep. And then we turn them into these things that are, we, we a lot of people, you know, use it to manage anxiety. Right. And, or, or go to bed. Nothing yeah. makes me, I, I keep saying nothing makes me sadder, but it's true. It makes me sad when people are like, I take a puff of, of this specific weed to go to bed and I get it. I'm a guy, I just told a story about taking Xanax so I could fall asleep. So I understand, but I'm kind of like, is that what we're doing with this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I love that it's legal or whatever. You know, I, I actually kind of think it, it's tricky in the hands of the youth. Yeah. But I don't think it should be criminalized, that's for sure. But uh, I do think there's something to be said about bringing back ceremony, bringing back intention. I told you, like, I did a podcast recently. Uh, this was about a month ago. It doesn't matter. And I remember I went in and I left. It was fine. It was great. People received the episode quite well. But I was like, what was wrong? What was, what was different about it? Because mm-hmm. the guest was great. We told funny stories. But something was wrong. And I was like, oh, I had gotten a ride from Valerie. And normally on the way over, I listen to instrumental music and all I do is think about the guest. Mm-hmm. Meaning like, how do I want it to go? What do, what do I want them to feel? Right. What do I want uh, me to feel? What do I want the listeners to feel? And then I just kind of – it's almost like a meditation on that person. Right. And that's what was different. I didn't do it because I was with Val yeah. and we were like talking, which was great. Yeah. But it kind of interrupted my ceremony. So this is just a podcast. Imagine if we applied just a little bit of why are you smoking this pot or why are you taking this mushroom yeah. or whatever it is. Why are you – Tony Robbins talks about if you're going to have dinner with a friend, you should do that. You should be like, I want to see that face my friend makes when he right, laughs right. really hard. I, I notice that when I bring intention to anything, like I, I've gotten in the habit in the last couple of years of saying something before I eat. Sometimes I'm with friends that I can actually say, like, can we say something and they love it. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm with the wrong crowd, I'll just take a moment with my food and offer up some thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find, like, the food tastes a little different. Yeah. I eat a little slower. Yeah. I'm more present. And yeah. just just also acknowledging the fact that, like, there's a lot of people that don't have the amount of food that I have access to. Right. Like, it's a precious thing to be able to have a meal. That's right. And we take all of that for granted. And, I, and um, yeah, but even, like, if I have to do a silly showbiz thing, like, sometimes I'll not, – they're not all silly. But, like, if I have to go on a talk show or something, that's a high-anxiety situation. And I'll offer up, like, just let my words be the right words. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, just that's why anchor yourself. It's weird. I'm not religious anymore, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the prayer that I used to say before shows was uh, this and all things for your glory, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning, it re- I gar- I'm telling you, it came from a place of fear. I was not that good at stand-up, and I was doing it all the time. <laughs> so I needed a prayer. Right. And now I say it, I still say it. Yeah. But it's not to be like, hey, God, I'm not enjoying, don't worry, I don't I'm not getting off on this. This right. is for you. Right. Thank you for your gifts. It's all about you, baby. Will right. Smith God. Right. It's not Will Smith God. I still enjoy the fuck out of it. 
because I'm the feel I'm the uh, the nerve endings of God. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to be used in that way is joyful. Yeah, you know that's what we're looking for. Right, right, right. You've seen uh, um, that Elizabeth Gilbert TED talk about creativity, which is so genius. Have you ever seen that? Where she talks she about... just did the podcast. Actually. Oh, she did. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. You said something just a second ago that reminded me of her. Yeah, I, I haven't, but I read her new book about creativity i'm so excited for it's it it's good yeah it's yeah good. yeah but she gives this podcast that i just love and it's called big magic yeah and there's uh i'm a fan of hers if she's listening she's wonderful yeah um but there's a thing about um in uh, like uh in spain or maybe it was in morocco i don't remember where but when an uh, a dancer for instance would do something so transcendent they would all shout Allah, Allah, Allah!" you know yeah. god 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 we've just seen god yeah take you over yeah and it turned into ole 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 that's no where way. ole comes from yeah that was actually saying like the divine we see the divine in you yeah you know? buddy i so when i went and saw shakespeare in the park yeah. they had a dance troupe open now normally uh, I'm I'm not I don't think I'm a traditional red blooded American in the sense that I was like what's this shit you know what I mean right. like uh, not that that's traditional or red blooded or American but I'm not really that way but I I normally wouldn't enjoy it right and then I tried to watch it just keeping in mind this is what God is doing instead of hurting each other or slander. Or prof- uh, not profanity, but or like uh, prostituting ourselves. Or, you right. know, like you could entertain a group of people just by like, I'm not trying to be crude, but like showing your pussy. You know what I mean? Like that would be people would yell different things, not Olay, but they'd yell <laughs> right, right. Uh, but you know, these people danced, and you know it was modern, but it was more like ballet. It wasn't like the fly girls. It, you know, they're holding each other and moving. And there was a story and stuff. And it was really quite wonderful. And that helped me appreciate it was I was going, this is what they chose to do with their energy. Yeah. Like you were saying. Yeah. Some people go online and troll videos. Right. This guy figured out how to hold Francine with his hand, like <laughs> right. up in the air. Right. And that was enough to make me like t- cry a little bit. It was, it was, and, and that's, that's that shit like I didn't understand why my dad was crying at Mike and the Mechanics. And I think it's because we start to see a little bit of God in it. Yeah. I love that. You love Mike and the Mechanics? No, I love that, <laughs> what you just said. And I love that your dad cried at Mike and the Mechanics. That makes me happy. Yeah. I don't, no, I love seeing that stuff. I try, you know, I'm always trying to tell my dad how much I like that he has a, uh, has a nice open heart. Yeah. Um, I think if we're, you know, I always... I always feel a little bit empty when I can tell I'm doing something entirely self-serving. Yep. You know? I know. Yeah. That I, I, again, I think that's really – take pornography. and I, I traffic in pornography. These are my go-tos. But like pornography, again, not the worst thing in the world, but it is, it is really just scratching an itch. It really is just – Flicking a switch in your body. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I, I haven't watched in years. I'm. I. I. I can't. I can't go near it. <laughs> Why? Because uh, you like it too I, much. Because I have a cracked it. out brain that'll. Like I have addictive tendencies, so yeah. I, I. I would notice that I would going. I started going back to it more, and I would think about it, and it would. It affected the way I looked at women. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. And then I just started to kind of think like, who are these people? Yeah, I know. Who are these people? I can't and, even and get and through I, those documentaries that show you. Yeah, and I and I, I but I really um, 
I, I, I think I've, I've talked to a couple of people who've had real problems with it, like real problems. Like, yeah. Like, and it's taken them to some dark, you know, ethically violating places. Like, why am I watching this? Mm. Like, and uh, I just think it's – I don't think it's good for our nervous system, really. Well, it definitely isn't. You know? There's actually a TEDx talk. You know? I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, that, that's the whole uh, – I've just been thinking about getting back into this. Again, not for moral reasons, but I was like, I find when I – I'm just kind of extinguishing my inner flame yeah. with uh, the Bang Bros. <laughs> I always say Bang Bros just because I think it's funny. I don't actually like their videos because I don't. They're very aggressive. <laughs> um, but when I'm doing that and I'm getting rid of that, I do feel my brain working differently. And you start to look at uh, sexuality as as a product. It's yeah. another way of flattening Transactional. It. Yeah. You know, what can I get from this person or – do they meet my kind of, you know, triggering specifications? Right. And forget being on a, 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 a small cruise boat in Spain and your horniness perfectly aligning with the willingness of this salsa dancer. You know what I mean? Forget that. That organic, perfect uh, symphony right. of serendipity where, holy shit, she's my type, she's into it, we're dancing, and I'm real, and sex makes a lot of sense right now. Right. Uh, and that doesn't always happen. But I- instead of, that perfect scenario potentially happening in six months because you were being open to it. Uh, instead, you, this is how porn works for me sometimes. I'll go, I'm mildly horny, and I know I can deliver to myself exactly what turns me on right. in a two-dimensional form with sound and color, and then I'll, I'll satisfy myself and move on. When that – what you said about being selfish really – that to me is a sin in the sense – that up to full disclosure, I looked at pornography today. So I'm not saying sin like I should feel bad about it, but it's a disruption in that place. Right. But also even the way you describe like I'm mildly horny. Like you're actually feeling something else. Yeah. Or you're feeling nothing and want to feel something. That's right. Right? It's cheap. Yeah. It's like a little bump of horny cocaine. Right, right. And I, and I used to think I went from being really hardcore religious thinking that pornography was a really addictive drug to thinking that that's ridiculous. Now I'm back. Where I go, no, Josh, I'm telling you I sometimes do this drug called pornography. Yeah, yeah. But I think <laughs> whether or not you do it is not the thing. It's, yeah. it's about knowing that, like, uh, like, I never, like, looked at porn and afterwards was like, time well spent. Yeah. You know, I was never like, that was it's great. another line I say on stage. I just want you to know, so you, if you see my act, I'm oh, not stealing oh, that from oh, you. Oh, okay. I go... Even if you love pornography, we can all agree you're not at your best. <laughs> it's true. It's not on it's the true. highlight reel. Would you want it filmed? And you know, yeah. even I saw this thing in New York Magazine years ago. Did a thing on um, these guys. Like they just showed stills of them watching pornography, and they had sh- dead shark eyes. Yeah, like dead. Like like the light was like, extinguished yeah, in yeah. their eyes. And then cut to Ramdas in Maui. <laughs> yeah, know, no, exactly. But but uh, but also, you know, if kids are watching it now at eight or nine. By the time, you know, yeah. like Viagra is like um, the most prescribed age group is guys in their 20s now because they have all this, this erectile dysfunction. Like this is a big deal. Yeah. It's a public health crisis. You're completely you know? desensitized. And then uh, Viagra or whatever um, is another way of commoditizing. I actually think it's pretty great because as a guy like me who wanted to have sex with uh, new people but had a lot of puritanical uh, blockings, I enjoyed those uh, things very much. Uh, so thank you, Pfizer. <laughs> I actually don't like Viagra. It makes my nose stuffed. But anyway, um, weird side effect. But uh, it, it's another way of, of going, you want to have sex? 
Here's your boner. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Where, go back to the Spanish cruise boat. Right. Where there's times where sex doesn't make sense. There's time where vulnerability makes sense. Yeah. Where you have to say, uh, you know, I'm not a big sex at night person. That's just true. So Valerie has obviously figured this out. And that's okay. Right. I don't need to be taking a pill so I can fuck the way the Cosby's fu- I didn't mean the real life Cosby. <laughs> I mean every episode of the Cosby show seemed to end yeah, with them plowing each other. Yeah. But I would, to me, it has a something. Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't the Keatons on Family Ties also yeah, have sex? I Jeez, know. I didn't it was, watch it that. It was at eight thirty. <laughs> um, but to me, it, it it speaks to this idea that we're in a time where you can have everything whenever you want That's it right. all the time, all the time. Right. And it's all like I always think about. You know, the fifties were like you know forties, like these these we were all bound up, and you know, and then the sixties was there was this revolution because it's like no, we needed to throw off the shackles of all this stuff. Now that revolution has been so thoroughly won that I think the real revolution is what what am I not going to do? Yeah. What what limits can I put on myself that That's make right. me feel better, more connected to that truth? We can were I turn about? my phone off for a weekend? Exactly, yeah. because no one is telling you not to have like yeah. have everything whenever you want it, and it's destructive. I think it's it, for me doing the the kind of scientific research on myself. Yeah, you know, I found it doesn't work. You know, what what came to mind when you were saying that is I'm like I just wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. I was like your your wants are a bad rudder. It's a bad compass, and we think. Think that we've elevated it like no 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 like like when people say like just be yourself it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah that might be a terrible idea right or just speak your truth like duh, 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 duh. right what truth are you speaking from where are you yeah, speaking yeah, yeah. from you know just which impulse you, is it yeah just because you hate something is that does that need to be voiced right now right right, right. you know there's a, a great quote from um Sai Baba, but not not the not the crazy not the one who died the, recently. The, the, but the, the, the old the older guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sideshow Baba. Yeah, Sideshow Baba. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Sideshow Baba. Um, no, an older one, but it was it was something like before you speak, ask ask yourself: Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Will it improve upon the silence? Mm. And I thought, like, whoa, those are so deep. Like, if you really ask yourself those questions, most of the time you'll be like. Shh, I'm not gonna say. I know. Right now. And we're just mechanical. Like, this blah, is blah, why blah, blah, monasteries blah, blah. are so quiet. Yeah, well, it's it, true. Because you're looking at the quality of silence. That's another thing Ramdas talks about, where he's like, once you start stripping away the thoughts, you're mm-hmm. left with a brain with nothing. Yeah, there's nothing going on, and there's a panic that's associated with that. Yeah. And he was like, I used to go on road trips with a pad of paper and a, a tape recorder because I'd have all these ideas because ideas were money and ideas were progress and ideas were the next thing. And there's something really scary about going, wait, no, silence is, I guess it is golden. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's true. But it's also profound and it's also beautiful. And out of that silence might emerge something far more profound than, than you can grab from the noise orchestra. That's right. You know? We're all just doing drum solos in the woods. It's true. <laughs> it's true, man. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Well, if you feel good. <laughs> I feel pretty good. I enjoyed this. Did you enjoy this? I loved it. Yeah. You, you have to email me a lot of things. William Blake. Jesus, that's the oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to get that yeah. quote framed. That is. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Your, your wants are bullshit. <laughs> um, they really are. Utopia uh, Matrix. Meister Eckhart. Yeah. That's good stuff. Wade Davis. Third yeah. act. Oh, yeah. How do you make your third act so good? Instead of that. Yeah. Do you remember the hardest time you've ever laughed? That's a nice little way. And if you don't, 
Let's just, oh, wait, are we, we going to have to do the, la- the laugh thing where we like... We can laugh. do that too. No, no, no I don't want to do that. Yeah, we don't have um, to. I don't ask musicians to sing, if you've ever noticed, and I, I yeah. wouldn't ask an actor to act. <laughs> do I remember the last, hardest time I Unless laughed? I did. It might have been... In the past. So I did one of these like <laughs> teen tours to Israel, which mm. is like 16 when you like, have your first beer and we bought hash and we... You yeah. know what I mean? It was like that Where were you crazy. saying? We were all over. The I mean, Vive? Like, <laughs> we did the Vive a little bit. Jerusalem, we were on where a kibbutz we for Jerusalem? two weeks. I don't know, everywhere. Old city? Oh, yeah. We did the old city. What gate? New city. Where were we staying? Damascus. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh. I, I was 16. But we we had to go to this dinner that was like a little bit fancy. <laughs> Not fancy. We were just at a dinner where they were honoring. I don't know why we were there. But we got in a laughing fit, me and a couple of these people, that 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 wouldn't stop. And it was the kind of, you know, your face is hurting and you're laughing so hard. And we... we they were mad at us, mm. like the 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 people who were guiding us. <laughs> Always essential. They were mad. There needs to be somebody yeah. in a good hard laugh story that doesn't want. Yeah, they didn't want us laughing, and um, we stopped. We got it. We got it under control. <laughs> we, right when we got it under control, and they were introducing the the keynote speaker, who was a rabbi, and they said, uh, "Now, uh, please welcome our keynote speaker." <laughs> Uh, Rabbi Chaim Lipschitz. No. And we were gone. We were done. We were done. Oh, that is foot juice. Yeah. <laughs> we were done. And I think we might have had to excuse ourselves. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Church, man. Yeah. If only the laughs. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard Rob Bell on another podcast. I love it. He said when he was a kid in church, he would go, oh, I get this. This is about like values and ethics and how we live our lives and how we have meaningful we become good, better people. And goes, this is all the good stuff. But why is it so boring? Mm. It's so boring. I there was a guy who gave this sermon. It's actually it's the same guy that is involved in the story of why I don't go back to church anymore. He was the guy that asked me how I reconcile being a Christian and being a comedian. Yeah. So the same guy who had a moment of being what I would say a jerk also gave one of my favorite sermons of all time. Uh, where he said Christians are called to be salt and light, and it's like salt adds flavor, light adds you know illumination. It's supposed to be like this thing that you're drawn to. Yeah. And he's like, wherever Jesus went, it, all the stories start where he started speaking. Next thing you know, they had to get on a boat because the crowd was so big. Do you really think he was saying, uh, hey, guys, stop, uh, stop smoking, and you shouldn't be fucking your girlfriend? Is that... Well, I don't know, because he also, there's a a line from the Gnostic Gospels where he says, either be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? There's something very similar in the regular Gospels, too. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't even know if that's Gnostic. Oh, okay. But maybe that phrasing is, that sentiment is in the Bible. Oh, it is. Okay, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what do you make of that? Because that feels a little more like, don't be muddy or gray. Right. Right, like either. To that, I would say, I'd be like. Like, it goes back to what we were saying, trying to be a holy person by identifying your faults and not res- not resisting them, not indulging them either. Right. People interpret that f- that verse so much where they're just like, oh, so I'm going to be on fire for God and I- I'm going to go to church right, right, twice, right, right. three times Well, in the wrong and- hands, everything is mishandled and mangled and, and right. you know, there's literal meanings and there's deeper meanings. and. But I hear something, you know, I- exactly. I hear stuff like that, and I'm like, maybe that one's not really for me. <laughs> right. You know what I've always been curious about, though? And I actually, maybe you can help me with this one. There's a line that says something like, 
I'm actually a big for a person raised Jewish. I'm, I'm a big I know, Jesus yeah. fan. But there's a line that says something like, uh, um, "All these works that I do, you shall do too, and greater Later. works than these, you shall do." And I actually went on a website because I was like, "What do Christians say about that line?" Because yeah, yeah. that seems to me like to illustrate the William Blake quote, yeah. right? Yep. And it, literally, it started off by saying. Clearly, Jesus is not saying we'll do greater works than he will do. And Even I'm like, though that's wait, wait, exactly, that's exactly what, he said. what he said. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. You know, uh, buddy, I'm glad. This is one of my favorite things in the world. When we're talking about people writing the songs and singing and praising Jesus instead yeah. of, I, I've said this many times, running with the ball. You were supposed to run with the ball. Don't write a song about the halfback that tossed yeah. you the ball. Yeah. Run. Yeah. It's your turn. Go. Yeah. I'm backstage at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. And I said to Rob, we used to talk theology all the time we love talking theology we talked about other things too but i would be like uh what, what do you think jesus would say if he came back now again we're not two people or i'll speak for myself i'm not a guy that goes around waiting for some sort of literal second coming right that's not my jam but if jesus were here today we could just borrow him right. and show him this world what do you think he would say and rob didn't even hesitate he goes what are you still doing talking about me? Mm. He's like, what are you doing? It's been 2,000 years. Yeah. And I told, and that's what he said. I told you far greater things than these you shall do. Yeah. And that's, that's what that is. Yeah. Either, you know, and I just, I just dismissed another verse of the Bible, but I happen to enjoy this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we're picking and choosing. I mean, what yeah. are we going to do? You kind of have to. There's verses about... You know, you can rape your brother's wife if your brother dies. You know, yeah. like, so yeah, any sort of good mystical appreciation of Christ, of, of Judaism, of whatever, needs, I think, to have a healthy eject button where you go, yeah, that one's not where the light is for me. Right. I don't like the one about owning slaves. And I don't own a, I don't like this one, like you said, about like, be hot or cold, because I'm kind of like, how do we even know what we are? We're all just trying to to merge with the divine in any moment. Right. It's not about, like, if you wear fucking shirts that say, like, Jesus in the Mountain Dew font. And you're like, oh, that <laughs> right. guy's on fire. Get right. the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I've been saying get the fuck out of my face a lot, and it's really filled a void for me. I invite you to use it. <laughs> all right. Oh, no, I, I, it's yours. It's yours. You can have it. I'm not going to use it. It's fine. Yeah. So that's what I would say to that. I would say that the, 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 the message of Christ is a join me, go and do likewise, go and do likewise, go and do likewise. Yeah, go and yeah. do, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Yeah. Love, 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 serve, 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 but also join me. Don't I also think he's saying, like, this is what the map looks like. That's right. Like, here's what, here's what the journey is. And I'm even going to tell you entertaining little stories about dads and sons yeah. and people getting robbed on the, uh, on the road to whatever Galilee and the Samaritan yeah. rescuing you that, that survive. But the message, you know, is, is so much more interesting and, and mysterious and empowering. And yeah, and maybe uh, very few people have heard it, I think. Yeah. You know, like, like it's, an, it's an amazing thing to have it be one of this, this toweringly great religion. And I think this is about all religions. Like, yeah. I really feel like we're missing the forest for the trees. We are. You know. We, and that's why we need to, like, it seems to be necessary to invent new ones and stuff. I'm going to say something that I said to Liz Gilbert because I think you'll like it too. Yeah, yeah. It's something sometimes I'll read right before I meditate. It's from a Gnostic gospel. It's from the Gospel of Thomas, uh, which I pointed out to her. These are the more empowering gospels. These are the more like you don't need a priest. You don't need to yeah. uh, a the cut out the middleman gospels. Yeah. It's yeah. like Jesus came and did it. Well, did he do it or do I need to like sing until it happens again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it says, uh, look at yourself upon a door, as, as, it, as a door. Look at yourself as you would a door mm. and knock upon yourself as a door. And what you open for yourself shall be revealed, which Oof. I just think is a good one. I love that. Isn't that good? You're really good. Because it re- who else is going to do it for you? It goes back to McKenna. Yeah. You have to do it. And, and, and something that someone else did for you is not yours. That's right. It's not yours. You don't own it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can hear a Neem Karoli Baba story or you could hear a Jesus story. If it doesn't change something in your heart, yeah. it might as well be Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. And, and if Star Wars changes your heart, that might as well, we might as well call that the Bible now because it got you there. Right. What, whatever it takes. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this very much. Obviously, it's been two and a half hours. Wow. All right. I haven't gone long. I haven't gone long in the summer because it's hot in here. Right. In a very long time. All right. So please take the compliment. I think you're a fascinating mind. I, I really, I'm sorry I didn't see your movie. Obviously, good, good excuse. People go check it out. It's on Netflix. It is on Netflix Liberal right arts. now. Yeah. And uh, what a delight. Yeah. It's great to, f- to find uh, find the others. Yes, yes, yes. Would you say keep it crispy and we'll get out of here? Keep it crispy. And we'll get out of here. And we'll get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Set you up for that. Awesome. That was great, man. Thanks, man. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 